Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, this is September 1st, 2017. I am Charles Stewart, and we're hosting a phone conference here dedicated to organizing constitutional organic government for the USA and promoting jural societies and justice and jury trials. Um, uh, I see um, Double Eagle, Indiana, and California. Uh, Marvin, probably from Indiana. Would you all like to say hi and introduce yourselves? Hello, Marvin, uh, Eric. Marvin. Hi, Marvin. Marvin. Good to hear you. Yes, thank you. All right. Uh, would Eric or California like to say hi? Yeah, hi, this is Eric. Hello. Good Good to have you here, Eric. I'm sorry I'm missing uh, Texas Drill Society phone conferences there. I wanted to attend them, but I wasn't able to. Yeah, I, I'm hoping you might be able to give us an update on how things are progressing with your circle there in the Texas Drill Society um, when it's convenient there. Uh, there's, there's not too much to report. Um, you know, just weekly webinars. Okay. Learning. All right. A lot of people are talking about um, trying to get jury trial verdicts together. Um, uh, has your group made it much progress in those areas? You mean trial by juries? Yes, yes. There's a big difference between jury trial and trial by jury. Well, that's the de facto's um, wording, yes. But there's, I, actually I, I, a need, there's actually a need for more jurists, more co-tenants to join the Jural Society, and there's an open invitation from Texians to anybody from all states uh, by by uh, the doctrine of necessity to help uh, brothers and sisters all over the country <clears throat> to uh, achieve their remedies to their problems. And uh, so anyone's um, invited to send their information to uh, Karen Sontag, uh, and I'll get that uh, email address here in a few minutes. Um, okay. So that yeah, we ought to be they can be put on the on they can be put things. on the they can be put on the communication list to um to be invited to the webinars and to be notified as to uh what's going on in te- in uh Texting Jural Society and, okay. and 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 learn how to uh help uh rally people in their own states so that uh, more states can have it. So her uh, email is Karen Sontag K A K S sorry, it's K S O N T A G and the number eight at gmail dot com. So that's K S O N T A G number eight at gmail dot com. K S O N T A G eight? 
Yep. Okay. I'm typing it in the chat window so people can see. Okay, good. Yeah, I could do that, I guess. And that keeps right. a permanent record, too. All right, I'm out. Yeah, there we go. I appreciate it, Eric. Um, California, would you like to say hi? Okay. Um, um, uh, this is oh. Orpha from Illinois. I don't know if my number's coming up as California. Sometimes it used uh, to. Yeah. All right, Orpha. Um, um, Sometimes it used to come up like that, but I I don't know why it's doing it again. Anyway, I'm sorry. What? I, I'm glad to have you with us again. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, I I uh, wonder. Ann told me that you had a uh, a family tragedy there. I'm sorry to hear about that. Um, but uh, I'm glad you seem to be recovering and. Back in the yeah. uh, the fray again. Well, thank you, and I am. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I'd like to point out to everybody that that we've got um, um, we I, I've got the the jury verdict on Keith Livingway that most of you have signed up on. It's up on a web page that I've linked in the um, uh, the outgoing email invitation. Uh, that I believe all of you have gotten. And also, um, um, there's a new jury verdict. Uh, no signatures or no no names listed as jurists in support of that yet, except maybe mine. Um, but th this new jury verdict is also combining with habeas corpus remedy for Sam Gerard, who's in jail. And I think most of us know about enough about the law to know that he was railroaded and there, they didn't follow due process there. Um, and um, so it's pretty intuitive to um, just declare that, that we know enough about this case. We're, we're sufficiently informed to know that this is a wrongful imprisonment, and that's basically the bottom line of the two lengthy um, jural society verdict that I um, um, composed there. I need to whittle it down more, but it's a rough draft. And... Um, so basically, all we're saying is that um, um, I, we have become sufficiently informed to know that this that that due process of law was not followed in this case, and because of innocent until proven guilty, um, um, uh, Sam Gerard is is innocent and not guilty of these alleged crimes, and he does, and, and and the law requires that he is be dismissed forthwith wording something like that. And so um, I'd like to get verbal affirmations from people in attendance tonight that, um, um, generally speaking, uh, they can put their, um, uh, we can add their names as uh, jurists that are uh, proven this um, uh, innocent, not guilty verdict in order of release um, for Sam Gerard that did the, the anti-cancer salve and uh, Kentucky and FDA has got him in jail over all that. Comments, questions? I have a point of interest. Yeah, yeah, Rick. Uh, in regards to our fellow brothers that are falsely jailed, um, I haven't had much experience of being in jail, but I believe that there's books... Uh, 
that you can put, you know, money on the books to keep them going. Is there a way that uh, we might be able to set up some something like that? You know, some kind of a contact information. I've often wondered that, you know, through the past six months or so, when I start hearing about, uh, you know, our fellow patriots and that that are wrongfully jailed. I'm sure they're probably sitting in there and don't have no money or, you know, at least something that we might be able to contribute to. And I yield. Well, I think most of that is related to um, um, being able to make phone calls out or just buy stuff from the commissary. And um, um, it's it's real easy to sink a lot of money into that. Phone calls are very expensive for them. Um, We were burning up $100 a month on Jim Bleakley that was in jail in Vancouver. Um, He's trying to work on his case and make phone calls to try to get out sooner. And um, it's real easy to burn up a lot of money there. But, yeah, I know there's ways. Um, But, um, um, and and at that point, we need, we need, we need economic resources. You know, it's really difficult, and we need. I guess that would be our duties. People on the outside that are assuming those duties. Um, those people need to have have money from our our patrons um, in order to be able to afford to put money on uh, the the accounts for people to make phone calls out of prison and stuff like that. Yeah, that was my concern. Yeah, but I think... Point of interest? Yeah, With setting up something like that, how does um, that person in jail get access to that money, and who is in charge of that money while they're there? Um, um, It's a corporate bureaucratic rat maze. Um... Um, it's not even the prison officials that are in charge of it. It's some other Illuminati corporation that um, um, it keeps the accounts, and you give the money to off of a credit card, and um, um, uh, then the um, the prisoner is notified that he's got so much credit, and every time he picks up the phone and and dials a certain access code. Um, they tell him how much money he's got and how much time he's got left for talking on the phone. Can this really be trusted? I mean, how do we know if this person is really getting all the money we put in there? Well, I mean, I, they I, do I, I around know. sometimes, but for the most part, they're pretty accurate. And um, uh, you, there's a web page where you can check on everything and see how much money you've got left and how much time he's used and things like that. I yield. Thank you. All right. I see Wonder Ann's with us. Hello, Wonder Ann. Hi, um, uh, Charles, and I've got my oxygenarians on, Gary and Gerald from Iowa. And I don't Excellent. Know. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Hi. <laughs> yeah, Hi. here I am. There's oh. And she's <laughs> even in, uh, encouraged another fellow by the name of Donnie to come in. Donnie Berg, I hope he got my email with the uh, with the phone numbers and stuff so he can get on. He's where where's Donnie from uh, living 
Uh, Jerry. In Des Moines. Oh, in Des Moines. Okay. I okay. hope he's on too. Hi, Don. <laughs> he's not saying anything right now. But many no. people. It's a French name, and many people say Des Moines. No, 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 please. please. <laughs> Des Moines. And <Okay>. Illinois. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're here. With bells on. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I was just going over some of the issues, like um, um, the progress we've made. I've got a rough draft of a jury verdict for Samuel Gerard's case. Um, yes. um, do you guys have access to the chat window on TalkShoe at all, Wonder Ann? I haven't gone on there, no. Um it's it's really nice to be able to see what we're talking about um, when uh, um, yeah. Let me see I do I'm not on. have computer. Yeah, your computer's talking back at you, right? <laughs> no, I I can't get on it. I know. It's all right. We'll get you on. Let me okay. get on. Let me see if that'll work. And okay, let's go to call ID and see if that might work. Are you um, trying to pull up TalkShoe.com? Well, I've got TalkShoe up because that's where we go in the morning. Oh, I think I got you. Okay. I think I got you, and I can join in. Yeah. I've usually been on mine before the people, so I never had to go through that part. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So you've got some links on here that you want us to. Uh, yeah, the sheet's coming up. Uh, the one I'm joining as a guest. Okay. There we are. Okay, now I see everybody. Okay. Um, uh, I just, let me see. Uh, there's a web link to Samuel's jury verdict, and yeah. that's a rough draft, and you can look at that and um, um, see if you're comfortable signing on as a jurist, declaring him innocent and not guilty, and he deserves to be released from prison. Yeah, I'll have to go to, I'll have to print, I wish I could print it off, but I, well, yeah. You, you should be able to at least put it, pull it up on your computer and at least yeah, scan it a little bit. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, and there's another important document that I'd like to um, uh, talk about in the, the conference here. Um, I'm going to post a link to it. Uh this is my listing of qualified electors, and I'd like everybody to do this um, because in common law, you can't be a witness in your own case, but two other witnesses can establish any kind of fact. A fact is established on, on the word of two witnesses. It gets back to Bible law, and it's um, um, also part of common law. And so 
when uh, I've certified you, Wonder Ann and Rick and and uh, Eric um, and Marvin. I don't know if I listed Marvin. I might not have got you on that, Marvin. I'll, I'll do that on an update. But um, um, I've uh, I've got a lot of people that are listed as um, that that I believe are maintaining the good standards of good behavior as qualified electors. And see if I publicly certify that. And then each of you get one other person to certify it, then you can cite two witnesses to prove that you're a qualified elector. And and when you have that, that proves that you're not a 14th Amendment slave, and 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 you're not uh, under their parents' parental doctrine where they got to take care of you, but you're a sovereign, free man or free woman uh, in America. And so not only does it break out of those presumptions that you're a 14th Amendment slave, it also lays the foundation for you to then become a peace officer who's got the right to arrest people, and it's a separate crime if they resist arrest from you. It's higher than a citizen's arrest because you're then certified by other witnesses as being a um uh, a peace officer that's equal to all the authority of a municipal cop and um and higher on up the ladder from the that township level of the peace officer constable is is the justice of the peace where the real judicial power is and that's the power to command the obedience of everybody that's related to a case um uh that you're concerned about and if you have um um uh, and the only other person that can confront you is another judicial officer, and that—that uh, <laughs> that is the sovereignty that Eric talks about in citing the uh, uh, Chisholm versus Georgia case law that descends to the people. It's pretty useless um, uh, at 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 our our grassroots qualified electors level but uh, it gains more power at the township peace officers level, and it's fully in bloom at the precinct level when, when people have the lawful right to start uh, asserting the judicial power um, because th that judicial power is the ability to command obedience uh, from everybody around you that's related to a case, um, and that's the exercise of the sovereignty right there. And so that's that that's that's so powerful, and 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 uh, being certified as a qualified elector is the building block of the foundation upon which we can build our entire um, organization of peace officers that has the critical enforcement authority, lawful enforcement authority, and the lawyers and judges will blink when we start talking about this because the law is on our side and it's not on their side. So anyway, these things are really important. Did I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I posted the link in the chat window to the qualified electors list, and you're on there, Eric, and so is uh, Wonder Ann and Rick, and I need to add Marvin, I think, and um, um, yeah, I'll look and see if I got Marvin, but um, Eric, John, Wonder Ann, Shorty's there, Andrew. Why how did I overlook Marvin? I should have got Marvin on there. I'm sorry, Marvin. Um, but um, I see somebody from Michigan tuned in. Is that you, David? 
That is me. Right. This is David. Hello, everybody. All right. Good to good to have you with us, David. Um, is your internet guy coming gone yet, or is he you still waiting on him? I am now up and running. Ah, excellent, excellent. Um, you're going to have to break away at, uh, at in about a little over an hour and a half here, though, aren't you? Yeah. Can, uh, can, can you go over briefly the developments that are going to be happening on um, the other conference that you usually break for there? Because that seems related to our work with organizing the precincts, right? Absolutely. Um, I don't know if anybody's seen uh, any of the uh, videos by uh, Robert David Steele, uh, but uh, he is working with, uh, he's Hispanic, I think, by by, uh, by his nature, and uh, uh, and he is working with an African-American uh, black woman uh, on a tour uh, around the United States, I think they're going to be gone for a couple of weeks in September. They have worked together before, and what they're going to be doing is promoting a communications network throughout the United States that allows people to uh, to directly vote. Uh, uh, they're talking about using the public broadcasting system uh, at, at network throughout the United States to. Uh, to develop a channel so that uh, so that people locally can uh, vote on their own on their local issues. Now, if you've got any kind of an imagination, you can know that if you've got a channel dedicated to your local community, that much more than voting can take place. And and this is the, but they're they're wanting to uh, design a a voting system that is in real time that allows these uh, records to be accumulated even over time so that if people don't have time to watch something and vote on it right then and there, that they can always go to a particular location and vote, and then that information will be provided to local representatives, um, which is not in place right now because people just don't have the, the kind of feedback to their representatives locally that they would like or that they need. Now, um, there, the, the system designed for this is cited as a, as a honeycomb, as in the bees, and the way that the bees operate to build a honeycomb that's, uh, what is it, a hexagon? And, um, and as soon as they said, as they, I, I, I saw a little news blurb by Gary Franchi. Gary Franchi, and I, I, I had known Gary for a number of years, and he covered the Continental Congress 2009 back in 2009, and he's uh, has been uh, he was the founder, I guess, of the uh, Restore the Republic magazine. Um, and uh, anyway, um, without getting into all that history, uh, he had done this story on uh, Robert David Steele and what he was getting ready to do. And the first thing thought that came to my mind is that this this hexagon slash honeycomb uh, concept of local uh, local feedback is very much like um, or fits like a hand in a glove with with uh, Charles' uh, concept of precincts. 
and how local precincts, which he said consist of, and tell me if I'm wrong here, uh, 10, 10 families or 10 households um, in, in which uh, develop uh, a precinct, and then uh, 10 of those precincts uh, equal 100 courts, something like that. And that uh, this is how the common law system is supposed to be operating. And, um, and so if we had a communication system like this supported um, in all of our locales, uh, and they're, they, they've got a, uh, I guess they're, they're going to be setting forth a uh, prototype or something like this that people can use to, to get this in their locale. Um, that if we had something like that set in the place, I mean, we could do everything from whole grand jury hearings on that show uh, of dealing with local police, uh, local, you know, gov- uh, so-called corrupt government, um, to uh, to what they're doing with the voting to uh, uh, to elections uh, in the precincts themselves. And and again, this gets very close to what uh, what Charles is doing and. And uh, uh, David Robert David Steele, I believe, is going to be on the Fourth Branch uh, talk show tonight that I co-host with Ted Visner at nine o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time, um, which starts in about an hour and a half, as uh, Charles has stated. So I was thinking maybe if we get uh, you know things resolved uh, to a satisfactory level on this call, that I might try to merge the two calls together and. It'd be a learning experience, and maybe Charles could uh, interject some questions and uh, kind of see how these things kind of fit together. I yield. Thank you for that excellent summary, David. Um, um, as we get closer to the time to switch over, we'll see how things are going, and um, we'll pull our audience to try to develop our own consensus. If we're in the middle of something hot and heavy, it might be um, – uh, a bad idea for us to jump over there, but um, uh, Robert Steele is a significant national player, and if we could share with him the constitutional process and, and model for voting um, um, in the hundred courts, which are the precincts, it's ten townships that make up the hundred court for a, a full precinct there, David. And um, um, I, I, at, when, when we get close to the time where you have to leave, we'll, I'll poll those in attendance, and we'll, we'll kind of get a collective um, feel for whether or not we want you to try to do the merger or if we should just go our separate ways here. Oh, that'll be fine. And let me just add one other thing, because I, I read and forwarded the email to you very quickly today. Uh, and and I do remember, uh, and I have not had access to my um, internet through my computer, and so I've been looking at the internet through my phone, which has a little, a very small viewing area. And now that as as you just repeated back to me what I just got through saying, I am thinking that the the email that I forwarded to you, Charles, included some correspondence from uh, Robert David Steele, but that Robert David Steele was going to participate in the promotion of this program, which actually was coming through somebody else by the name of David, 
So I was I remember thinking, God, there's three Davids here, me and, and these two others and, and you know, I'm gonna get all confused about this and I think I did when I just explained this, but there it's uh it's another Hispanic guy, uh and I, I'm looking through my emails right now just to see if I could find this thing real quick and I cannot. Uh but in any event, I know I accurately got the content of the, the the discussion, but I think I have the wrong speaker for tonight on uh, on uh, the fourth branch. Um, but in fact, I should go to my sent email. But um, at any rate, uh, it, it it will be good, and I highly recommend it. And then uh, uh, this other this other speaker, I think he is the designer of this PBS uh, um, type of. Uh, um, election um, uh, results, not election, but, um, you know, feedback from the local community. I think he's designed it, and he is communicating with Robert David Steele about how to get this thing promoted nationally. And um, so I, I may have gotten that point wrong just to uh, qualify that. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. I, I'm looking at your email now, um, and... There's parts of it that are kind of unclear to me, but uh, I've got the essence of it. Um, and perhaps, um, since we're talking about it, um, um, I'd like to go over a little bit about voting process. A lot of us are, are really turned off about being involved in voting uh, in any form uh, because of the way the bad guys have mucked it all up. But... Um, um, uh, I, I only want to do that if if there's no other um, uh, 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 issues that any of our recognized electors uh, is concerned about bringing to the community here. Uh, and I see West Virginia's with us, and I think that might be our guest speaker, Ghost. Is that you, Ghost? Uh, it is. Excellent, excellent. Um, if you all saw in the email, I mentioned that um, um, Ghost would be with us today as he was um, uh, last week. Uh, he briefly outlined some documents that might help um, a Samuel in Sam's case, and uh, we further talked about that um, um, in Shorty's conference on Tuesday of this last week. Um, uh, Ghost was there with Shorty's conference, and we got a good recording of how to apply Ghost's individual documents for trying to help Sam and for trying to help all other people because they've got a broad array of applicability. Um, but in this uh, uh, conference here, uh, we'd like to briefly, um, I, I've agreed to um, uh, give Ghost a a 20-minute or half-hour opportunity to to go ahead and outline his broader perspective of of the people that these documents were served on and um, uh, the larger issues um, um, of how the power structure is organized and where he sees the the cracks in the monolithic structure that we can capitalize on to to try to um, uh, bring about a more just and fair society. I think that's the general summary of what we were going to focus on. Is that match your recollection of our previous discussions there, Gus? Yeah, yeah. What I, uh, I was actually, uh, if it comes to the documents, I would just defer them to listen to the call so that they could listen to an in-depth explanation of each one rather than just trying to run roughshod over them. And I'll just stick to 
the, the current power structure and why the, the Patriots are failing in getting anything to move forward. And then that with good. that, I'll, you can, yeah. Uh, let me put, co- copy and post a link in the web chat here to all of those files and where um, people can, uh, there's a copy of the audio from Shorty's conference where you explained all the details in that directory that I just posted in the chat window along with all of your files. And so um, uh, people can listen to that audio explanation of how to use the files from Shorty's conference. And at that point, I think we can go ahead and focus pretty exclusively on the larger issues that you just described. Yes, okay. So um, um, most of this information is just from actual research because I've been in and out of the system and been trying to dissect it and actually get something to work. And along the way, I met several individuals that um, are in the families of of the Vatican for hundreds of years. So I was able... um, to be given an insight to how things actually work and why nothing is is sticking for the Patriots. And um, I sent you an email earlier in the week that you may want to forward out, and that was a link to two treaties and uh, an attachment, the um, the Bull Unum Sanctum, 1302. Um, And these are very key um, in understanding uh, the structure and why nothing's working here. and I, I really only need to let the last sentence of the papal bull, um, and that is, furthermore, we declare, we proclaim, we define that it is absolutely necessary for salvation that every human creature be subject to the Roman pontiff. Okay, now previous to that was a treaty of 1213 where the king of England gave everything then and in the future to the pope. Um, The colonies were crown corporations. He invested the money for them to come here. They were his property. Next, we have the Treaty of Tripoli. Uh, This was November 4, 1796. Article 11, because um, we have some misbeliefs uh, in this country that um, uh, it was formed in a certain manner based upon certain laws. And Article 11, uh, as one of the bits and pieces of the supreme law of the land clearly states as the government of the United States of America is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion. Okay, so now we can put that to bed because that's part of the supreme law of the land. It was not intended nor was it founded on the law of God. So now you're starting to see some of the problems and why we're not getting the remedy and relief that we're seeking. The next one is the Definitive Treaty of Peace, 1783. First sentence, that's really all we need to see. Um, it has, having to please the divine providence to dispose the hearts of the most serene and most potent Prince George III, by the grace of God, King of Great Britain, France and Ireland, Defender of the Faith, Duke of Brunswick and Lundberg, Arch-Treasurer and Prince-Elector of the Holy Roman Empire, etc., and of the United States of America. So, if you don't control your money and you don't control who's in office, what's the problem there? There's a pretty big problem there. Uh, The next thing to look at is Article 1. His Britannic Majesty acknowledges the said United States, and he names the colonies there, to be free, sovereign, and independent states. Nowhere in there did he say that the people were sovereign. So, when we claim we're sovereigns, we have no backing in any of the founding documents. When we claim that we're under the law of God, we have no founding 
in any of the beginning documents. There's none. I've just given you the two key pieces. Um, so we've been misled. It was a con job from the beginning. So to try to reset to something that was a con job makes no sense, and that's why things keep failing. Second off, if you're looking for enforcement, I was told by several retired admirals that there's only one way to garner enforcement in this country at this point, and that is you actually have to have first-hand fact evidence, and it has to be presented to the private side of the military. And they consider the private side to be the vets in the various groups, such as the Veterans of Foreign Wars, the Legion, the Guardsmen. And when the, the evidence is presented to those persons of actual crimes cognizable, not in our beliefs as patriots, but cognizable under their laws and their system, that they know the right people to contact to garner enforcement. Um, the, you will not find enforcement at the sheriffs. They're bought and paid for uh, by the system. And the system is not even a government. It's, it, and you can forget about it. Yeah, they're private registered corporations, but they are administrators on behalf of the legal owner of everything on earth, the Pope. So they're mere administrators. So they administrate on behalf of the Pope as the legal owner, which we are not. We at best have equitable use of our bodies and properties at best. Now, to merge the two, in order to merge legal and equitable, you have to be found alive, not dead, not lost to sea, and you cannot be an enemy as defined by Congress in 33. So when you have cleared up your standing at that point, then you can try to make the claim in their courts and to the Pope for the return of your assets and the dissolution of what many call the straw man uh, but is what is really, in factuality, a Seska v. Trust. Um, and until you get to that point, you really have no standing to demand anything. And those that control the levers, that's why they laugh at us, because you have no standing. And if you look at the Dred Scott case in 1856 with the Supreme Court, they told you when you walk in and talk to them, it's all about standing, status, character, condition, and capacity. Now, in order to be a king, you must control what? You must control soil you're standing on. If you don't control the soil you're standing on, you cannot be a king because someone else owns what you're on, and that makes you a mere slave, a vassal, or a feudal tenant. These are just the facts of how the system operates. And so that is why the patriot groups have been failing over time. We keep getting thrown in jail, imprisoned. Uh, the arguments are not bought. This is why they're not being bought. Um, I'm a, uh, a person who believes in free will choice, so I care not what anybody does as long as they're not bothering me. Um, I think that what you guys are doing is, is honorable. You're trying to find um, a recourse and remedy that is not there even if you return to the, the supposed foundation. But if you look and start to research these actual things, you will see that really what is needed is a new system. You need to design something new. And, and you can design whatever you want, but unless you control the soil, you have no way to make a claim. And the control of the soil is what some would call enforcement. Because who controls the soil right now? It's not us. It's not the people. So we're, mere, we're, we're occupied. 
We're occupied. That's it. And that's why they're not listening to you. you you're occupied. You know, do, are, are the people uh, in Afghanistan that our troops are, are guarding, supposedly, or assisting, um, do, do our troops listen to them? No. No, they give the orders. They give the orders because they control the soil. Um, I experienced that in my condition, um, in in what I did on behalf of the country, um, and then served time for. um, And uh, I was deemed a threat because of that principle, the control of the soil. They know that that's the key. Without that, you have nothing. I mean, I can stand here and, and declare that I'm Batman, just as supposedly we declared our independence it means nothing. It's, it means nothing. You know, it was nicely written. It sounded pretty, but it had no efficacy or standing. They were slaves, uh, feudal tenants on crown property that the crown invested in and had every right to control because of his interest. Um, the other angle is, is that this country, this nation, um, was in debt upon its inception. And so then you have the creditor-debtor relationship. And a debtor is never in control. So if we owe somebody, we are a debtor. So that means someone else was in control. So these are key issues that that need to be looked at and focused on for uh, this country to get back settled uh, in the right course. Um, Because what's been going on and what we've been doing has had zero effect at the highest levels. They don't even listen to the stuff we spew anymore. They don't care. Because you don't have a claim in their eyes. And I'm just telling you how they're operating at the highest levels. Sure, I'm glad you you concluded with that remark, because I was thinking um, a lot of our patriot community has different perspective than what you articulated there, because that's the way the bad guys are looking at it. Well, it's not. They're in control. You can look at it your way if you control the soil. You can declare the debts odious. You can declare um, that you're not subject to the pontiff. You can declare that the king is no longer arch-treasurer and prince-elector of your country. But until you control the soil, you can't, you, they, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what well, you declare. That's just well, that's the facts. That's why, nothing, that's why this country is the way it is. I've given you the facts. These are treaties. The patriots love treaties. They love the Constitution. Well, I've given you stuff that destroys all your beliefs in black and white, and this is, the, this is, this is all part of the so-called supreme law of the land. Now, there were over well, 20 debts but, but, owed. But, but um, Ghost, that, that's, that's the perspective of the people that are presently in power. And, and you're, you, what, you're ta- what, you're, what you're painting here is a pragmatic picture of the evil that we patriots have to deal with, right? That is what you must overcome if you are ever going to be able to institute a government by, of, and for the people. Right, right. And it all, all get da- gets down to presently we have no enforcement uh, against this evil that you just so clearly outlined, right? right. It's not uh, – everybody calls it enforcement. I call it just simple control of the soil. You can call it whatever you want. But if you don't control the soil, you can't be sovereign. A sovereign controls his soil. If yeah, yeah. Plain Boy, and simple. Um, David, yeah. Uh, yes, uh, just real quickly. Uh, I'm in agreement uh, to the point 
that that I can help verify how blatant it is. Uh, Charles, as you know, I just recently did the Rico Busters episode number 21 in which in over an hour and four minutes I, I detailed uh, the the uh, gravity of the um, the crimes that were being committed by a, a local court in my town of Novi, Michigan, uh, and how I was re- I was rear-ended by a vehicle, uh, an automobile, and um, and uh, and proved that that I was rear-ended and um, uh, and proved that the the incident report was um, was completely wrong, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, after doing that, I still got the extortion demand uh, after being found uh, responsible for this incident. Um, I, uh, I, I refused, uh, well, basically I was guaranteed an appeal and I filed my appeal and they said that they will not give me the appeal unless I give them the money first. And, uh, and so I ended up under threat of losing my, my license by the state, um, of Michigan, I did go to my local bank and get a cashier's check. And uh, although they raised an eyebrow at me saying that what I wanted on the front of the cashier's check was basically under duress, that this was an extortion payment and, uh, you know, in, um, in constituting criminal fraud. And I submitted that with a letter to the court when I paid it. And the very next day, I I just got a copy of a cashier's check front and back. Today, they just deposited it. And this this is despite the terms of which this is being paid as an extortion demand, and and they don't care. It's that blatant. They they don't have knows. to. Yeah, they but don't right. have to care. They don't have to care. You're occupied. So, you, you're, you're, you're standing, your status, your capacity is not recognized as anything other than mere chattel or slave. Feudal tenant, whatever you want to call it. That's all you're recognized as. So they don't have to. I mean, if, if the slave master wants you to eat steak, he'll throw you steak. If he wants you to eat from the pig trough, he'll send you to the pig trough. It's that simple. Ghost, um, who, yeah. what, what is your suggested remedy for these evils? The, the what what... Well, he, he told me to read the Iliad. He said, you'll learn how to make a claim very quickly. But I said, oh, well, I already understand how to make the claims. And that is, first off, um, we, we each need to clear up our status, standing, capacity, character, and condition. Okay? You, you have to clear that up. And, and right now, the one that is claiming you as property is the Pope is the Pope. So you need to be addressing your things, as I did in 2013, directly to the Pope. You can do it via the archbishops in each Catholic region here in America because they are the plenipotentiaries for the Pope. Just make sure that the archbishop is wearing a black cross around his neck when you speak to him so that he is the metropolite at the time. Remember, they wear many hats. Uh, You want to speak to the metropolite, and you want to clear up this matter. You're alive. You're not dead. You're not lost. You haven't abandoned anything, and you're not an enemy. Those are the key presumptions they're using. Once you've done that, then it's time to get to work to control the soil. That's the only other option you have, because if you don't control the soil, you can't make terms to dictate to your masters, to your creditors, uh, to your administrators what is and is not going to happen. Point of interest. Okay. Yeah, Orpha. Um, 
does even if you're not Catholic, the Pope has that control over you? I mean, I I I, I, I read the bull to you. He, he said all human creatures. He didn't say Catholics. Wow. Point of interest. I yield. Rick. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm listening to the Gus there. Gus, this is Rick of Southern Illinois. This is the first time I believe I heard from you. Uh, I have a lot of uh, respect of what you're saying. I do believe there's a lot of remedy there. Um, I would be interested in following up and and uh, finding out links and information and contact so I could follow up more with you. I believe... Uh, uh, yeah, you can go through Charles with that. He knows who I am, and okay. uh, he, he can he can get you to my email. I just okay. I don't want anything published over the internet because this is how they threw me in jail last time, telling the truth, uh-huh. the absolute truth. Yes, sir. Um, my my um, what my what my other point was is that uh, when you say going to the Pope um, in the Bible. This is my belief and my understanding. I might not be quote for scriptures, but Jesus had said that uh, you ye are there for your brother, uh, the Satan. See, when uh, when uh, there's a split difference in there between the religions, uh, as far as okay, when Jesus said, "Let there be for Caesar, Caesar, let it render under Caesar." I don't have the exact quote right now. You, you, I know, I know what you're speaking of, though. Okay, and you know yeah. how uh, how uh, Abraham, when uh, the the two sons that was split right there, that's the the son of Satan, which I believe is part of uh, the Pope religion or that other. Mm-hmm. You're you're right. absolutely correct. They are devil worshippers. Right. Correct, and I believe that the Pope is is that part of that line of the other side of what Jesus was talking about as far as the other son of Abraham, okay? And uh, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is this, if you're saying you need to go to the Pope, well... You're not asking you, for anything. You're just declaring things directly to him. But if you go to the head man. But, uh, well, the head man is Jesus, and uh, on the uh, on on this side of that so-called split of Adam with Sarah. Well, and, the, and Satan the children, has control of Earth. Well, that's under. That's right. This is his kingdom. But Correct. what I'm saying is, who am I? To, who am I as man or as a believer, a follower of uh, Jesus, to be able? Who am I to have to go to the Pope to ask him for permission for what you're? No, I didn't say permission. Okay. I never said permission. All right. I'm just, I used the wrong word. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, Uh, when I I left their system, I didn't ask him. I told him, I'm leaving. Okay. All right. Um, And this is the terms of my leaving. That's it. And that's the end of the story. So So I I don't care. You used your authority. Correct. Because I I had to, you have to. Yeah, you don't come uh, as a slave to him and beg. You just tell him, look, I am a man of God. Um, I have chosen this as my jurisdiction venue and law form. You can take a hike. Okay. No, I did it, I did it a little more eloquently, um, but I let him know who I was and what I was, and that's the end of the story. So my status, standing, character, capacity, and condition is clear, not only in the eyes of God, but on the public record. 
The problem is, is you can't enforce it without the control of the soil. You can't enforce anything. So you, you, the, the key to the problems we're facing, which was described by the admirals, is going through the private side of the military and then getting to the public side via them with the first-hand fact evidence of violations of their contract with us according to their terms, not our beliefs. And in order to do that, you, you, the, the key things that you can prove, and we've already proven in, in, in a state Supreme Court, um, uh, which they are under default and dishonor at this point and have been dissolved uh, lawfully, um, they, the main thing that you can prove is an alteration of the jurisdiction, venue, and law form of the original contract. And you can prove that with just about every case. As the gentleman in, in Michigan was talking about putting up a bond for appeal. What he didn't realize is he now has evidence that, that whatever case he was in was in admiralty because appeals are admiralty. Writs of error are at law. There are no appeals at law. Mm. So he well, has I'm, evidence. Mm. See, I have evidence. Most of us have been in court cases. If you know what you're looking for, we have evidence. That needs to be compiled together, and it needs to be presented to these various um, veterans groups that the military recognizes and has close contact with. Mm. And that is how you will find enforcement, because the sheriffs and state police are not going to assist you anywhere in this country. They're just not going to. No, it's I not in their that. best interest. Now, the military has been asking why no one has brought any claim to them, and that's because no one understood how to get to them. Because there's only certain ones in the military that uh, if you address with these things, will do anything. Most of them are evil. They have been blackmailed, corrupted, bought, paid for. They're whores. But there are select ones that these veterans groups know to go to with the proper evidence. And like I said, it can't be based upon our beliefs, oh, we were a Christian nation. I just proved to you by a supreme part of the supreme law of the land that we were not founded on Christian principles. So you can't go well, based upon think... beliefs or wants. You have to go based upon actual facts and violations of the contract as written. If I may. Well, I, I would beg to differ with you on your the previous part of your statement that we're not founded on Christian principles. And, and if, if I might take a moment to explain my position, uh, there is no doubt that the founding documents contain wording that was compromised and allowed uh, for interpretations that were not founded on Christian principles. But a legitimate contract is a meeting of the minds, and there was principle. There were people in, in, in involved in those founding documents that construed references like the laws of nature and nature's God to be references to biblical law. And there, well, that, that's uh, a declaration, though. That's separate from the Constitution. Those are two different documents. <clears throat> One has nothing to do with the other in actuality. Um, so you got, that's why I said you've got to be careful when you're blending things because they won't listen to this. They understand these principles. You've got to be very they careful. They are not the final judge. Can I have a, I got a question for the... Eric, it would be excellent here, yes. What was the, do, what was the quote you referred to saying that the uh, 
country wasn't founded on Christian principles or something? That like is that? the Treaty of Tripoli. Um, so what was it? Seventeen. Oh man, I got to pull it back up here. I think it was seventeen ninety six. So it's part of the supreme law of the land. Um, and I believe that what that said was that the uh, the United States government was not founded on Christian correct. principles. Correct. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, right. that's the government. That's the administrative yes. agency. That's yes. the federal the federal government uh, created by the Constitution. And that's absolutely right, because as uh, the um, uh, Bill of Rights, uh, Article 1, sorry, uh, the First Amendment. Uh, Separation, uh, yes. First, the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights, uh, freedom of speech, uh, said that uh, there'll be no, sorry, I'm, I'm getting feedback on my talk sheet because I'm looking at the uh, chat. Um, th there'll be a, a separation of church and state, so that the United States government has nothing to do with religion. That doesn't that doesn't say that the country wasn't founded on Christian principles. That says that yeah, the government actually the supreme law of the land just said the treaty is part of the supreme law of the land. I just well, gave you facts. Okay. Your belief okay, may is, be what different. What is the supreme law of the fact. land? What is the, the supreme law of the land? Is any treaty in pursuance of the Constitution and the powers therein? Okay, that's fine. That that doesn't mean that the country wasn't funded on Christian. No, but what Christian I'm saying Christian is you're you're interpreting you're you're putting your beliefs in, and I'm just giving you black and white facts. You can believe whatever you want, and that's fine. I'm just giving no, you the it facts says the of United how the States system government. runs. That's the correct, and it's, the government is different. That's from the, the supreme from the law country. of the land, and the government the gov is allowed to adjudicate matters as part of the judicial branch, and that's why you don't see God's law in the judicial branch. There are, right. there are causes and effects to words put on paper uh, that are part of agreements. Um, the government has everybody nothing has to do with religion. The, the, you can have whatever belief you want. I'm just telling you how it is being run. You can believe whatever you want. You, you can run around like many people saying you're sovereign when in fact you're not. Um, you know, you can believe whatever you want. I, I don't care what anybody believes. I mean, after this call here, I'm retiring from the movement because we're not getting anywhere, because we're not doing the right things. I'm just trying to give people a, a, a peek behind the veil that most people don't get to see. Point of interest. Uh, uh, I, you, you had said that uh, they don't have God in their judicial system. Uh, they don't, you know, use it. They leave it out. Well, how does? If you can answer me this for a quick one, uh, when they say, "Do you put your hand on the Bible, swear to hold the truth, nothing but the truth, to help me, God?" What God are they referring to in our judicial system? Yeah, I had, I was in court twice on felony charges. Never once put my hand on a Bible. They don't do that anymore. Uh -uh. That's correct. I may, David. Uh, yes. Um, and I think we've explained who their their God is already. We've already explained that several times. It's quite evident. If I may. Remember, they, they've got you under the, the devil's law, the law of the sea, uh, commercial law, statue staple, merchant, merchant law, whatever you want to call it through times past. That's what they have you under. I'm following you. Know, and I, I do believe that we're in this time and this era that is biblical and that uh, Jesus has said is said, uh, uh, fear not, uh, when you go into court, I'll give you the uh, tongue and the wisdom to speak. Uh, oh, was that Matthew 24 or Luke 21? 
where it says you, you, you'll be betrayed by, by brother and kinfolk, uh, but fear not. You'll be brought up before rulers for my name's sake, but fear not, for not a hair will perish on your head that I will give you the wisdom and the words to speak. And I believe that that's where at the time that we're in, or at least in my life at where I am, because I'm facing persecution daily. And I do believe that when it comes time to come up and to stand up in the court and stand the word that you're speaking, which I understand you guess, which where you're coming from. I, I, I can, I can hear the spirit, but, uh, I just believe that each man is independent. And if you are, you are under the the blood of Christ. You'll get that wisdom, and you'll get the word to speak. Um, well, I, I would say there's there's a lot of patriots in prison right now that thought the same thing, and and are still behind bars. So, um, you know, I believe he works through each of us that we're not to sit back and wait on him to save us. That he works through us. That's right. We all work together, and as as a, as a body. And, you know, it's, uh, I believe, Chief Sitting Bull had said, it says, man did not create the web of life, for he is merely a strand in it. Whatever he does to the web, he does to himself. I, I believe, I yield. I, I, I believe David had a comment there. Uh, well, this is David in Michigan, and I've already uh, expressed uh, the degree to which I agree with the uh, the main speaker here for this evening. Um, however, I, I did want to uh, comment about a couple of things, one being whether or not we believe we're sovereign and whether or not we actually are in fact. And, and you know, dealing with that, I just wanted to say that ever since I was young uh, and reading reading the words of poets and, and others that uh, 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 really emphasize the fact that uh, one's mind it, you can control one's body, you can control one's life, but you can't control one's mind and nor one's uh, heart and spirit. And and that may be debatable with POWs and all that stuff. But that being said, it would seem to me that, you know, I, I kind of harbor some animosity, uh, if not reservation, uh, against people who prefer that I go behind closed doors to speak with somebody like the Pope and uh, and uh, you know and or the Archbishop and 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 convey my independence uh, to that person on a one-to-one level, as opposed to publicly uh, proclaiming uh, as a public school teacher. You know, not anything that I'm actually doing right now. I'm I'm working in the private sector, but as somebody who's been trained. In, in public school teaching and working with kids, I, I do advocate that uh, that that uh, um, that we um, uh, we we convey our. Uh, I have been a self defense teacher, and if if and I've always said to to children, you know, and adults, if if you are if you are raped, if you are molested, if you are assaulted in any way and you go to a trusted person and you tell them that this is what's happened to you and they don't do anything, then you got to go to somebody else and somebody else and somebody else until you get some kind of action that's going to be in your favor. And in this particular case, 
when declaring one's sovereignty, uh, you know, I don't do that behind closed doors. I do it from the top of the mountain, and I do it with a bullhorn, and I let the people know. And I use what I was saying about the, the teaching is that I use, uh, I've been trained to take opportunities of, of making things a teaching experience, not for the one, but for the many. And and if I'm if I'm going to declare my sovereignty to the Pope, uh, to let the Pope know that what he thought may be the situation between he and I, that that it's really the other way around, that I have my own uh, mind, my own body, my own sovereignty, all this stuff. Um, I'm believing. And I may be talking a little bit scattered here, but I just got through seeing about this nurse's arrest. This has made national news today. This nurse who saw the blood of a person who was unconscious as private property and how she was hauled away by a police officer uh, that that was uh, claiming that she needed to give him that uh, that guy's blood, that unconscious person's blood, and how she stood up for his property. Now, there can be nothing more on the national scene right now that is so clear as to the abuse of authority and and the rights of people to their own blood. It's not the who owns the land, it's who owns the frickin' blood in my body and and who owns my mind. And, and so if I'm going to declare, I just want to say, I personally believe that, that rather than take the course of action that that person, that's on the, your, your talker tonight, uh, Charles, to go behind closed doors and talk Well, to uh, let me interject because you put words in, in I, my I, mouth I, that I, I didn't speak. Finish, I, just I never said go behind closed doors. I, I want to finish. I want to finish. But don't, don't put words in my I mouth. I will not be accept that. Because I allowed you to talk for a long time. Don't, and don't, don't do not disrespect me. Talking. And put so words in my to, mouth. I, I never you said to, behind closed you doors. At any time you feel like it, but you're going to give me the courtesy of talking right now. And I. But you're not going to put words in my yield. mouth. And if you and if you do not want to allow me to yield, then I suggest that Charles would shut you up. Okay, because we. You're not going to put words in my mouth and defame me. One another, just like I gave You've to you. You've made your point. Just let him finish. Okay. So um, I'm don't just say, going to say, don't say that I said declare, behind closed doors. I, going, you're not going to allow me to finish. Okay, so uh, Charles, do you have any way of shutting this guy up? Uh, otherwise, I can I go do. find but, but can Can we break for a moment, both of you gentlemen, okay. please? Um, the uh, oh. ghost, I, 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 the, you, you've stated your complaint, and, and and it's kind of self-evident that maybe David's overstating his case a little bit, but we can come back and correct that. Please allow David to finish his point, and then I'll give you plenty of time to respond and criticize David's words, if you like. Thank you. Uh, so if I'm going to, to, as opposed to going behind closed doors, as opposed to writing letters uh, to somebody in a private fashion, uh, in, in opposed to going into a, a single church and, and, and talking to somebody face-to-face. I am going to do that as well as, or maybe instead of doing that, I would go to publicly to declare that so that it becomes a teaching opportunity because I think 
that we are providing by coming up with these types of 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 uh, theories. We are providing a theory that other people, while while there's many of us like myself included, who have agreed with this guy that's talking, to to know that there is an element of truth in what they're saying. If you take the whole story and say that this whole world is under control by a single person uh, of a single church, and that uh, that that. Uh, it's we are providing them. We are providing them with the the, the story that that they aren't telling us, and they are operating in fraud. And I'm just going to declare myself that, that along with others, because we do need unity for the sake of unity. That I'm going to declare where who I am, what I'm doing, and and that they have no control over that because we are uh, the sovereigns. And, uh, and that's plain and simple. Thank you. I'm, I yield. Thank you very much. Ghost, would you like to respond to that? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to tear apart his words. I'm just going to say that he is um, did not listen to me speak. I didn't say go behind closed doors. As a matter of fact, the documents that I did with the Pope are publicly posted on the web since the day he, he got served with them. I will not walk into their churches. I will not speak to them. Words written remain, words spoken vanish. It's a maxim of law. I don't speak to them, I write it. So I do not wish to be defamed or characterized as someone that goes behind closed doors. Everything I've done, including the case on behalf of all Americans, has been publicly noticed and put on the web for all to see from the day the documents were created. Now, I'm not here to say, and I do not say that what they do is right or what they believe is right. I'm just telling you the system that controls Earth, this is how they operate. And if you wish to get around how they operate, you must understand how they operate. I could care less what anybody does. I've cleared my conscience and creation record on my behalf myself I stand by it. I will die by it. I could care less what other people do. I don't care because I believe in free will choice. Everybody do what they want to do. But if you wish to have freedom, true freedom in this country, what we've been doing is not working. It's not working. So I'm only telling you what has been told by me from the insiders inside the Vatican, that if you wish to change things, this is how you have to do it. And the control of the soil is key. Anything less than that, you can declare all day long, and it doesn't matter. They will keep doing what they're doing. They don't care. They don't have to care under their system. I'm understanding, you have, I'm understanding your knowledge there, Gus, and I do believe that there are very important key issues that you are saying that deep down I believe that uh, – we just have to learn to apply them, you know, and be able to have that knowledge. And it might take time. I just I believe that we're in this beast system, and it's the point where we're at. But you're not going to fight it. You're not going to. I don't believe in the end we'll overcome it. But right now we're just trying to get the so-called baby steps, uh, if you will, if that's the right term to use. Uh, I, that's a good term to use because it is changing 
the thought processes of most groups of patriots and it's going against a lot of their beliefs and it's hard to accept. I used to be the biggest fan of America until I learned key facts. And then I realized that it was a fraud from the beginning. And so you can't go back to a fraud. There's no going back to a fraud. Otherwise, you are an aider and a better in the fraud. And I think the big, biggest example of that at this point is a lady um, that is uh, in this chain quite a bit, and I've had it out with her privately, uh, named Anna. Um, she is promoting a return to fraud. And that's a tough thing to, for patriots to accept. Like I said, I, I'm here just to give you an insight into how to deconstruct the system because if you can't deconstruct it, you can't take it down. That's it. Everybody is free to do what you want. I don't care what anybody does. I really don't. Um, but I will tell you this. The IMF recently released a port that the SDRs are backed by digital currency now and digital assets. In 2011, there was a lean document that's been going around the web, a lean of uh, $14.3 quadrillion. I was the one that released that to the web in 2013. That document was a revenue of all tangible assets, including us, to the digital realm with the implementation of their digital system in 2011. The kinks have been worked out, and that is quite evident by the fact that the SDRs, recognized internationally as international currency now, are completely digitally backed. That means all assets and us are digital now. So they're moving forward. Nothing we've done in the past has stopped them. That, um, if I might jump in there, uh, undoubtedly providing really valuable insights, um, especially concerning the problem. But, but uh, uh, the manner in which I've designed this conference is to try to develop consensus step by step through low, slowly but surely reasoning together, not only about the nature of the problem, but what our optimal solutions are. And I dare suggest your reliance on the de facto military for, for providing our enforcement is a less than optimal solution there, brother. Well, I tried and was imprisoned for bringing together the average person, and they all ran like cowards. That so doesn't you mean have, we can't get them together now. We're trying well, to bring people together good, now, and I believe we good, can. Good, good luck with that. I served a year and a half in solitary over that attempt. I wish you well in that endeavor, but I will remind you that there are a lot, a majority – of active duty military that do not like what's going on, but unless something has been brought to them of crimes cognizable under their constitution as written, they can't move. They can't move. Yeah, they, they could do it for each other. Any one of them could step down to their civilian capacity and empower one of the others with a complaint. And, and, and all kinds of us are quite well known. We're hollering on the Internet all the time about these crimes. I don't see why it's such a big problem for one of them to just jump up and say, hey, bring it to me. I'll go ahead and invoke a thousand uh, uh, soldiers here, and we'll go down there to the courthouse, and we'll make it right. They could do that That's if they wanted, but they don't do it. 
That's not how they operate. I just told you well, how they're, they're operating they lawless. operate. They're operating lawlessly. They're, they're, they're the ones that are in secret, like David was talking fine. about. That's fine. I'm just telling you, because I've been through, I've dealt with the military in the past, i dealt with the militias. I'm just telling you how their system is working, and I'm showing you how to get through it. I don't care what well, anybody does. I really don't. Well, our posse comitatus and peace officers are un- under the precincts in the townships is a different way. And hey, feel free to try it. I, I'm not saying don't, don't do what you're doing. Thank I was you. brought in to show you the insight into the system and the cracks and the flaws in it. That's all I'm doing. I don't care what anybody does. I don't support any one movement or group or any man. I stand on my own two feet by myself. And I will continue okay, to do well, that. I hope, that we're, I, I hope that we can all work with you in finding a remedy to these evils that we commonly perceive. Yes, sir. Um, I've got a question for the main speaker. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Eric. Um, regarding what you learned with the Vatican and the Vatican's uh, apparent or alleged uh, authority, how much of the... Uh, the fictional names, uh, corporate person... Uh, Trust uh, name, Sesti KV, whatever you want to call it. How much of that plays into uh, how the Vatican claims or gets or uh, acquires well, I, I, their, their authority over people? Because I think uh, flesh and blood is different from what's on paper. There, well, I think you're misunderstanding the concept of uh, trust of war names, of the different things that this country utilizes against you, because of what the Pope did at your birth, the Vatican gives proceeds to the government to provide for your support until you are of age. And so you have a trust created uh, that the, the Vatican funds and what you have is you have your administrators, um, which, which are the actual government employees. Um, you have them committing fraud, um, and you have them in collusion with private companies committing fraud, when in actuality, because of what the Pope did, everything is actually prepaid for you through, through the age of majority. And after the age of majority, uh, that trust, which a trust is required to um, maintain and grow its assets, um, they are failing to turn that over to you. And at that point, you come under the Seska V Act, um, and these administrators are declaring you dead, lost. Um, Then you also have the military side, um, where the military under the Liber Code has the right to come in and take any assets of an occupied territory and to use those assets to offset its cost and administration of occupation, including uh, having a civil government um, under the authority and able to be overruled at any time by the military. So you have several different angles that they utilize to commit fraud, um, and um, that is why you must address it initially 
uh, through the the Vatican, or actually, it's now it's the Holy See structure, um, so that you can make the claim pursuant to his moto proprio of. Uh, I believe it was 2013, where he now recognized criminal jurisdiction over anything under the Roman Curia law form, which includes all fictional entities, which is why uh, these, these uh, insiders have said that you must address the, the Vatican or the Holy See in these matters because they now have criminal jurisdiction over these matters. And if you were going to go into McDonald's, do you want to argue with the cashier or the manager? Um, I want to go to the top of the food chain. I want to talk to the man that has the ultimate control. And if you have enough people doing it, um, you will start to see some changes. Point of interest. Thus, are you in a nutshell, under the umbrella, are you talking the BAR British associated rec record basically in a nutshell everything falls under the bar well they they were given a crown um when when the king uh lost his crown um in in violation of of the 1213 treaty uh you you had the uh i would call it preferably the city of london because you have a crown that's split between the financial and the legal and so they, they were given um, the authority to, once again, they're just administrators of these private trusts, um, and they're, they're involved in malfeasance. Now, as Anna has said in the past, she said that the Pope was working to correct it, and uh, I was told that the Pope cannot correct anything unless you have made the claim yourself. In other words, it's personal responsibility. You can't have someone else go and make a claim on your behalf, same way in the, in the courts here. You can't have a lawyer argue your rights. You have to argue them. So it's the same principle, and it makes perfect sense. You have to stand on your own two feet. And the power is in numbers of people standing on their own two feet. And when you are found to be alive after the age of 18 and the age of majority, and you're found not to be the enemy, you're not lost, you haven't abandoned anything, the trust uh, merges the titles. That's your equitable title and use as beneficiary and the legal title held by the state and the administrators. And that straw man, that fiction dissolves. That's the Sescovy Act. So that's so done it, by uh, establish one's, establishing oneself as alive and not lost at sea and claiming the minor account and uh, declaring one's will in probate or uh, through the Vatican? Correct. And I think it's actually a multi-tiered approach because in West Virginia, we found code that states that the county is in control of the estate, which is which is nothing more than a subset of the trust. And so you have and multiple levels. Yes, you have multiple levels of people sticking their hands in. And so, uh, you know, my uh, filings that allowed me to be released finally were filed across nine venues. 
And the list of those venues are posted. Um, uh, Charles posted them along with the documents and the call of, of who I spoke with. And by speaking, I'm talking on paper because words spoke and vanish. Everything is on paper. Um, and one of them was the county level. So we, you know, I saw that they had their hands in it in their own code. Now, which is why, that, which is why probate, because uh, uh, counties are in charge of all life and property, and probate is to establish the will. So that's where one would establish the will as being alive. Yes, and the probate in, in, in West Virginia at the county level is actually the county commission, which is the county government in, in that jurisdiction. Um, so you will have to look specifically in your area. It may not be a probate court. Like it, here it was the county commission. It wasn't a probate court, even though we have probate courts. Um, uh, but, um, you know, at, at minimum... I want to go to the head of the food chain first and say, look, there appears to be some problems here. Um, then I went to the federal level, and I went to both the military and the civil authorities and told them of the problems. And that's all you can do is inform them that you're aware of the fraud being committed. Because they're surviving off stealing what was yours? Okay? So if you're taking the things back and dissolving it, first off, there's no nexus between you and them because they must speak to a fiction. So if the legal and equitable is merged, there's nothing for them to talk to anymore. There's nothing to interface with. Second off, you're taking funds from their system that they're using to enslave us. So you're hitting them from two different angles at the same time. Do you include in your process a revocation of power of attorney? Um, I revoked all agreements that were either tacit or explicit in the documents that I'd done. And I, and I think that those are also addressed in two declarations that are part of the packet that Charles posted. And I'll repost. Yeah. Um, Ghost, um, um, again, we're, we strive towards consensus, and it, it'd be great if you could um, um, hang around and, and maybe act a little bit as a qualified elector with us and, 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 and give us your consensus where you think you can uh, uh, sign on like that and, and let us know where you can't and the reasons why so that we can well, develop our own community conscience here working with you. Uh, uh, and all of us that are have our own sincere and passionately held belief systems that that we're coming at all of our uh, concerns from different angles here, and if we can develop consensus not only about the nature of our problems but about the s solutions to those problems, then we can speak with a single voice that is much more powerful in confronting the enemy that you so clearly outlined. Um, that is key is the numbers of people and the consent. And like I said, I'm a man of free will choice, and everyone can have their own beliefs and their own paths to whatever they're looking for. Um, with my helping of people personally in criminal matters and other matters, time is limited. So I would say that I have no problems in, 
if you guys are trying to address an issue and you want an outside set of eyes, send me an email. Uh, let me know the nature of the problem you're looking at, whether it be as a group um, or as an individual, and I will give um, whatever I can see uh, in reference to what I know about the system and its dark workings. Um, but as for being a part of anything, I really don't have time. Um, but I'm fully willing to give advice or um, to uh, just really be an outside set of eyes that has no no um, stake in the game. Per well, se. Are you willing to sign on to jury verdicts? Um, I I can't I couldn't do that at this time because um, they they will use anything like that against me, and I refuse to give them ammunition against me again. Okay. In, well, I in the future, that. in the future, um, and it would probably be close to a year, that would be a possibility. Okay. Well, I'm glad to see your heart's open to that. Um, and, and I think we can gracefully segue over to to um, uh, issues like the hundred court that 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 brings. Uh, uh, the concept of equal protection of the laws and one man one vote type concepts and building our numbers this builds our um, empowerment levels um, and and I'd kind of like to segue to that over to what David was talking about with Robert Steele and and the others that are that are confronting the de facto registered voter system, whereas uh, in the and that's being uh, perpetrated on us at the precinct levels all across the USA, and and we need to get away from that de facto municipal registered voter system and over to the common law um, qualified electors voter system, and that gets us to control of the land and it gets us to the precinct level hundred courts. That is where our true remedy is at with the peace officers and posse comitatus rather than out uh, trying to rely on the military that that so many other uh, gurus including yourself with much respect are, are advocating um, no I'm not advocating it I'm just saying that is what the system says if you want help right now what to do I don't advocate it because I don't care um, okay, I went well, to good. prison on behalf of the country, and no one stood there when I went to prison. So the, the, well, the country is up for each man for himself at this point. But that's the quick route. That's the quick route. But you are good in going back to the tens and the hundreds. You're going back to biblical, and that is uh, specifically what the Vatican opposes, is a return to the actual biblical structure. So you that's are on the right path. You are that, on the right path there. Thank I will you, tell brother. You that. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Yes, you you are doing something that they do not want uh, because well, you are returning it, it to local. That, that's where their weak point is. That's where the entire house of cards will fall apart if we just put, uh, move correctly here. The local is what scares them because they control the larger portions of governments, which is the federals and the states and the nations, they control that with an iron fist. They I think don't it can be summed up are as very a, hard to control the local. Undeclared military rule. Yeah. Yes. I concur. Yeah. Secret so I, law. So I'm I'm only I only advocate the military as we have first hand fact evidence 
in cases uh, that have already been filed and adjudicated, and most of us have our own cases where we have firsthand fact evidence of an altering of the jurisdiction, venue, and law form that's original contract compliant. That's the Constitution. Um, and so you can rapidly get to them with that evidence right now. That's, that's the only reason I was bringing that up is that's rapid. What yeah, you guys are trying like to do is insight, grassroots. And we do hope to capitalize on that soon. So with that, I don't want to interfere with your guys' call anymore. I have other calls I need to return since I've been on here. But thank you for allowing me to at least try to show you some insight and to be able to deconstruct the system, do with it what you will. And if you have specific points or issues that uh, you need an outside set of eyes, um, you can email me, Charles. You know where I am and I will provide you the best advice that I can offer at the time. I appreciate that, Gordon. And I wish you guys well in what you're doing. Um, I fully support anyone trying to exercise their free will choice for freedom. Thank you, Gus, for bringing uh, your insight to the table. Yes, so you guys have a good evening. All right. Thank you. If I may. Uh, This is David. Uh, yeah, I David, I think to... Ofra had, had the floor, and then David, and then others. Ofra? Oh. Uh, I just said thank you. That's all. <laughs> I was just saying okay. thank you because he was leaving. <laughs> Ofra, uh, David. Well, it seems that uh, w- what he was talking about was the need for something prima facie, something that's on its face that uh, the, the military or anybody else can take a look at and see that, uh, that that a wrongdoing has been committed and uh, the need for remedy is there. And uh-huh. uh, you know, for instance, a, a a one side of a cashier's check that says that it's being it's a payment for extortion. This is just my case, uh, my recent case. And the other side that shows that it's been cashed, you know, by by a so-called government agency or a court. Uh, <laughs> I am. You know that I'm alleging is a is a uh, operating uh, as a financial crimes organization. Uh, so um, there there needs to be a stop to that, and um, and so that that's prima facie. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that uh, we did have a meeting uh, of uh, many people last Sunday here in Michigan, and we are uh, joining some forces together. And uh, we are using prima facie uh, evidence, uh, one page in in, in the, the case that we discussed uh, this this past weekend, um, and um, uh, it's it's just a matter of uh, of coming together uh, using prima facie evidence, and uh, in we we started out with this meeting with the Michigan Constitution, Article One, Section Thirteen, which basically says that we all have the right to prosecute our own cases. Uh, it's, it says in, pro per, in our pro per person or uh, through an, uh, a lawyer. But we, it doesn't say civil. It doesn't say criminal. And we are taking that to heart, and we are now going to start prosecuting our own cases here in Michigan. And uh, we intend to do this so, uh, in a uh, systematic way. Uh, so uh, no further uh, statements will be made about that, but I think that uh, your precinct level um, uh, plan uh, 
it, it, it should be carried out here in Michigan. And, and I, I want to know more about it. I want you to be able to share more about that. Uh, and I think it's going to tie in really well with uh, this next uh, conference call that's coming up dealing with the, the so-called honeycomb that I mentioned before. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Others? So, David, how does somebody get in touch with Michigan? Um, well, uh, 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 Charles is inter, uh, how do we say, uh, the intermediary, the connector. Yeah, well, no, he's not an intermediary. He's, uh, inexpl- he's, uh, intertwined with, uh, with us because we've got, uh, you know, I, I'm working here in Michigan as with many other states are with Beacon 37. Beacon 37 is trying to work at the state level. Uh, we're working at the precinct level. Uh, we're also working with the grand juries, and we're working with, with the, the concept of the juries that, uh, that, that uh, Charles is proposing. And so, you know, by being on these calls here, we're, I, I think that, um, you know, I'm on these calls every Friday night. Uh, uh, and then... Friday night, Michigan holds a call uh, called the Fourth Branch, which I hope to tie us into at nine o'clock, which is about twenty minutes from now. Um, which is which is uh, it, it's uh, the, the purpose of this is um, unity for unity's sake, as we as we've tied in before, um, but it is uh, stemming um, mostly here in Michigan. Um, we are trying to implement what we're talking about, and that is unifying uh, these uh, these different groups that are, um, you know, some some are advocating for grand juries, uh, some are advocating for, um, you know, the Tea Party and everything else. But um, you know, we are coming together here, and uh, we are. Uh, um, so you know, and I I I think just by contacting uh, me personally, or uh, Charles, or uh, or uh, Ted uh, Visner, who is in charge of the Fourth Branch uh, radio talk show, which comes on in about 20 minutes. Um, uh, there's a lot of avenues. We're, we're completely open here in Michigan. Do you have a talk show number for that? Uh, for the talk show, uh, for, for the talk show, Fourth Branch, uh, Charles, if you don't mind. Yeah, you can share it. I didn't know they were on talk show. Uh, well, no, uh, we are not. Uh, the Fourth Branch is not. I think it's a uh, blog talk radio for them. But the uh, their number for call in is two one three nine four three three four five one. And I I I did uh, tell Charles that I, I I'm not advocating at all to leave this talk show conversation and go over there to the fourth branch because it's my hope that if we are at a a good place here in this uh, talk show conference that uh, we can all transfer over there and kind of participate in uh, in what they're going to be talking about with regard to. Uh, 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 these uh, setting up communication systems and all. Um, if I think that would be a good point to try to broaden out and explore further, so that we might use the 20 minutes or so between now and that time to to kind of focus on our general focus of 
uh, um, precincts and uh, uh, election process, which I believe is is supposed to be also the uh, with perhaps a little bit different wording the the generally main mm-hmm. subject that your fourth branch conference is supposed to be discussing. Is that correct, David? That is correct. Yes. Okay. Um, at that point, I'd, I again like to point out that, that the larger backdrop to the fourth branch conference is that um, Robert David Steele is a C- ex-CIA agent that's been uh, doing lots of really patriotic and notable, noteworthy type efforts that deserve a lot of praise. I do have some reservations about him, uh, one of them being he's an ex-CIA agent, and it's difficult to trust ex-CIA agents. Uh, but um, um, he's also um, linked up with a one, one of the best representatives in uh, the U.S. de facto government in history, a woman named Cynthia McKinney, a black woman from, I believe, South Carolina or something like that, maybe Georgia. Um, but um, uh, Cynthia McKinney, I, do, I hold her in very high esteem, and, and they're working together. Um, did someone have some comments there? Well, um, anyway, um, the, the, uh, apparently uh, Cynthia McKinney and Robert Steele um, um, have, have progressed since the last videos of their work that I've seen, and they're getting a more clear picture that apparently Dave has picked up on, that they're trying to uh, uh, re-engineer the electoral system so that um, uh, uh, we can have more organic accountability and who gets to control these public offices that are supposed to be administering uh, governmental authority for the public good, but are somehow abysmally dysfunctional. And if we can decentralize it all back down to the precincts and start operating the precincts like they were originally constitutionally intended to operate under common law with qualified electors instead of de facto registered voters, then maybe we can start making some real progress towards organic accountability in this country. That's correct. And uh, and if I could just interject one more time, I did look up that email, and it's, it's uh, David Frank. That is the uh, the one that is the uh, going to be the interview uh, interviewee tonight uh, on this talk show, and he's the one that has um, uh, developed this uh, this plan, um, and that uh, that is being promoted by Robert David Steele as well. So, uh, just to clarify, I think it's not Robert David Steele, but it's David Frank that is going to be on the, the uh, fourth branch tonight. Okay, um, so uh, Robert David Steele is actually deferring to this David Frank that is is the guest speaker? That's correct, yes. Okay, well, Mr. Frank sounds like he's an advanced scholar then. Um, um, Yeah, that does sound good, but um, we should probably kind of do a poll here. uh, especially the people that are qualified electors, in my view, uh, David and uh, Wonder Ann and Eric and, and Rick um, and Marvin. Um, um, and I see we've got a few others here that uh, I'm inclined to presume Shorty. Uh, 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 people, are, are, are you inclined to try to uh, follow David over there to um, – 
talk, uh, listen to what this David Frank has to say about um, trying to empower the local communities and re-engineer the electoral process and perhaps get a word in edgewise to talk about our common law precinct organizing, or should we just stay in our separate environment here and um, um, try to pursue our own discussions and our own homework with perhaps um, um, taking a chance, but perhaps we can actually accomplish more if we just maintain our own focus. Um, anyone have any uh, opinions that would like to uh, they would like to express on uh, this uh, fork in the road that we're facing here soon within like 15 minutes or so. Well, this is Shorty, and I'm going to have to back out of here. i got a few things i got to accomplish today, but uh, the program was excellent. Thank you, Shorty. It's good you can share with us as much as you can. Have you had a chance to look at that um, uh, jury trial verdict that I've put up for in, in Samuel's case yet? No, I have not, but I will take some time over the weekend to review it. Okay, I appreciate you prioritizing that. We need to start getting uh, jury verdict signatures on that as soon as possible, I believe. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you, Shorty. Anybody else have comments or questions? What is the objective of going over there? Is it just to hear how he's going to be uh, creating the our own voting machine? Is that what he's doing, or what is the purpose? Well, that, that, that's a big problem. Yeah, David, I think um, um, how much are, are we going to get an opportunity to build consensus with this David Frank, or is he just going to be the big guru and maybe taking some questions that are exclusively flo focused on his plan? Well, I, I think that, no, I don't think they're going to be covering voting machines. I think there were two questions there that... Uh, uh, one one was Wonder Ann and, and and then you had a second one there, Charles. Um, the uh, the gist that I got, Wonder Ann, was that because uh, I I did watch a, about a fifteen minute video that was done by David Frank, where he explained this. He was interviewed by Gary Franchi. Uh, Gary Franchi has the used to have Restore the Republic, and now he's got the uh, uh, you know okay so. Anyway, uh, uh, Gary Franchi had him on, and, and he was talking about um, a system whereby people could uh, 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 call in call in, or go to a website or something similar. It's, it's all part of a communication system that would be set up at the local level that in which the local people could give their views on certain issues that were on the table and and that these issues would be presented presented subsequently to their the representatives in office and so it it's it's an opportunity it's a it's a situation in which the representatives right now aren't getting that kind of feedback that that you know that we've got 535 or however many people in the in in Congress that are um, uh, representing literally millions, and uh, and they and and there is not that 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 channel of communications, and this is a way for people to be able to uh, to to log their uh, on certain issues, log their views, 
and uh, and to be heard in, to some extent. To what extent, I'm not really sure. I think that that's what he can convey a little bit more on, on this fourth branch show. I just got a message from uh, my co-host, uh, uh, Ted Bisner. Uh, he said uh, that... Uh, uh, that uh, that uh, he wanted me to take charge tonight. <laughs> oh God! Okay, so uh, it looks like I will definitely have to be bugging out of here fairly soon um, to uh, to take the point tonight. He said. So um, I will, I will. Uh, you will have a voice at least with me, as far as you know, as I can see that you know. And I would recommend, Charles, under these circumstances, that since I won't have the board, uh, that that people fall in. Um, well, how would we do this? If I had an open phone line, then I'm going to have everybody open all the time. If I uh, if everybody calls them separately, then uh, you know I do not have control over the board, so I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 in there. Point of interest. Uh, Go ahead, Joe. This is Rick, yeah. and so, this is Rick in Southern Illinois. I just wanted to uh, to find out with Charles if there's a way I can't get a hold of Gus. Uh, I really did. Uh, His name's Ghost. It's a fictional name that he's using, and, oh, and yeah, okay. I can give that to you uh, uh, later on, Rick. Um, um, You've got okay. my email address, and uh, I think I've posted my phone number. You can call me anytime, and I'll be okay. glad to give you that info. But we're kind of facing a time deadline on another subject here about trying to figure out if we're going to jump over to a new conference here with David. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if it was going to be like a 15 minutes or 10 minutes until the show shut down, or are you going to go on for a while? or That's what we're trying to figure out here, Rick. Okay. Um, David, did Getting you back. Uh, I hope that I clarified what Wonder Ann was asking about as far as, uh, I don't think it's going to have anything to do with voting machines. Um, okay. And then uh, to answer Charles' question, uh, you know, it, it looks to me like I'm going to be the point man for Fourth Branch tonight, that I'm going to be the senior host on the show tonight. So I might recommend that, that I just pull you on all of you on over there and uh and and you know being the uh, person that's going to be the host tonight um you know i i certainly would have the floor in opening things up and um ensuring that uh uh diplomacy is, is managed uh in in question and answers you know with regard to this call that that I I mean is there anybody that has any serious objections to us to try to, to follow David over there to focus with this other nationally recognized scholar in trying to build some consensus along our common law roots? Oh, I'd like to reconnect. Let's try it. I like somebody talking in the background there. I didn't hear anybody make a clear comment. I got a question. Go ahead. Uh, is there an access code to that number? Well, we'll, we'll need it. Uh, it would be good to post a phone number and a, 
uh, an access code to your call, David, in case anybody gets booted off on this end. But I think David is uh, just going to try to do a three-way and patch room. his present connection right on over to the other conference directly, so we should all be able to follow him over there without shutting down uh, our conference here. Well, that, that's yeah, that sounds and, good. And Charles, if you want, you, uh, you can you can mute out anybody on this end. That's I'm looking for this uh, Hartford Van Dyke. That's what, I want his direct link because Harvard we can talk about that later, that. Rick. It's not the appropriate time to talk about that now. Okay. Uh, and uh, Charles, uh, here's yeah. here's the additional benefit because you've got the board for the talk shoe line. Um, yeah. If, if, if a bunch of people start talking at once, like just occurred just now, where you know nobody can, then you can manage that end. Yeah, and, I, I can uh, make sure there's no uh, uh, insanity coming through from our community here. If 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 the anarchists and uh, 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 trolls start uh, trying to disrupt from our end, uh, I'll just mute us all and unmute individuals as needed. Um, um, but I really don't expect it. We're, we're we're a pretty small group here, and I think for the most part, all of us are behaving pretty well here. Well, and I I agree. And uh, and there is no just to, to clarify there is no access code that that number is a direct number. Uh, I will not have the board though. Char um, Ted Visner uh, controls the board. Um, it looks like I'm going to be calling in just like anybody else, but I will be hosting the call tonight. Um, and um, uh, and in okay. fact, if if, if you'll give me this last five minutes, I probably need to drink a bunch of water and kind of refresh myself uh, before I get on. Sure, I, I'm sure there's there's undercurrents that people here would like to discuss before you go ahead and segue us over. And to repeat that, in, in case anybody does drop off and wants to hear the other uh, uh, conference directly, they can dial that fourth branch conference at 213-943-3451. Is that correct, David? You may have already left. Did David already leave? No, David's still with us. Oh. I can see him in the chat window. Um, but maybe he muted out and um, um, is taking his drinks and stuff there before he goes over to do the other uh, conference. Uh, comments, questions, especially I see Pennsylvania and Utah um, have joined with us. You haven't had a chance to talk. If you'd like to say anything in Gazoo. It's good to have you at Pennsylvania, Utah. Would you like to introduce yourself, say hi or anything? You're nothing. Um, um, do, does anybody have any comments or questions about things developing so far in the past discussions with Ghost and everything, or uh, about how we're um, uh, going through a time warp here with David to merge into uh, this other conference called the Fourth Branch Branch Group that's located generally in Michigan. Ms. Orpha. Yeah, Orpha. Um, I just want to say I do have some questions, but I don't want to do it. But we'll I'll ask them after this other call is done because I don't. You know, it's too close to time to be able to really get into that discussion. But it has yeah. to do with you know us being you know. Has to do with the Samuel thing and being yeah. sovereign and stuff. So 
that's what I want to discuss, but I want more time to discuss it than just a couple minutes. <laughs> sure, sure. And, and I think I can kind of at least dance around your subject there a little bit uh, for the next five minutes before we get merged with the other conference, unless somebody else has got something pressing on their mind. I know frequently people have things pressing on their minds and they're waiting for graceful opportunity to present their concerns to our community here. And if anybody has anything like that, now would be a good time to raise it so that I can at least put it on the agenda for further discussion here. Um, uh, does anybody have anything that's important on their minds that they'd like to get clear with me that and everybody that, that you think is important for us to discuss here? Hearing nothing. <laughs> I, I, I love these moments of calm. Uh, th there's a phrase in the in in Black's Law Dictionary of of uh, uh, fair trial. It says there must be an atmosphere of judicial calm in order to have a fair trial. Um, and, and so you, you, we need those moments of pause. To think, okay, is everything in order here? Law and order are related terms, and 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 if you start rushing, you get things get out of order, and and then you start making goof ups. That's why you need the atmosphere of judicial calm, in order to be making responsible, reasonable decisions. And that's why the consensus building process is so important. When we stop like this and we say things like. Does anybody have any objections? Boom. There's a little point of judicial calm here. We're waiting to hear if anybody in the whole group might jump up and say, yeah, I think you're all crazy. That could happen. Maybe we are all crazy. But, but we need to have some evidence, some well-reasoned uh, 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 argument presented before us so that we may see how we're being goofy here. If we've got good hearts. Okay. <laughs> yeah, explain to us where we're wrong. We'll change our ways. We're not attached to big egos, but you got to have some kind of evidence. You can't just jump up and say we're wrong like Anna Von Reitz is doing and then go shoving us off to other gurus. And with all due respect, greater levels of respect, Ghost was even doing that. He's saying, oh, I don't have time to build consensus with you guys. You know, it's a lot of people that I think are basically good people who do that all the time. But for those with eyes to see and ears to hear, we need to do the hard work of developing a consensus with each other. So we're all marching to the same tune. Well, in the Christian community, this is part of the body of Christ. We're guided by God's Holy Spirit. You know, and, and we can merge that down to to the secular level for people that don't embrace Christianity. It, it's just the rules of the common law and due process of law, as as referred to in the Fifth and Seventh Amendment. Um, but both of those processes, all three of those processes, require consensus building and judicial calm so that... Um, um, uh, we can all be on the same page, and 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 when 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 the heat is on, when we're actually in uh, conflict with some corrupted judge and his mindless drone bailiffs, we're not 
um, um, divided into factions. One of us telling everybody one thing and another of us telling everybody else a different thing. That is a disaster. A house divided cannot stand. That's biblical. Charles, we need to be united it, in, in, in these righteous principles of truth and justice that we're standing up for. I, I need to, to, to break in. Um, I, I, if you can just have everybody be calm for just a moment, I'm going to transfer this call over. Uh, stand by. Okay, David. Um. I think I can kind of keep a few calm words going here. David will probably start talking soon as he opens up the other conference. Um, Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Hello, Ted. Ted, this is David. Can you hear me? I can, can you I can hear, hear me? You. This, this is this is David too. Can oh, you hear me? <laughs> this I can hear David. That must be um, our guest for the evening here. David, <laughs> that's me. That David Frank. Is that correct? That's correct. Oh, fabulous. It sounds like we've got a great connection. Uh, 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 Ted, um, do you want to go ahead and um, um, give an introduction uh, to uh, Fourth Branch? Uh, or this is David uh, Shai. Uh, I can do the same. Ted Visner, are you on the line? Well, uh, it doesn't look like it. Well, then I'll go ahead and start this call. Uh, uh, hopefully, Ted will be back on. Um, he's the one that has facilitated this call. And um, uh, David Frank, um, I'll just make a, an introduction of myself to you. Uh, I did get to see a video that uh, that you had uh, done uh, with um, uh, Gary Franchi. Uh, watched that video and kind of got a, a little overview of... Um, uh, what you are working on with uh, regard to communications in all the states and, and using PBS broadcasting. And um, I just got off of uh, another call, which happens to be actually with me. Um, I, uh, um, uh, there is a, another call that um, I brought in with me from, uh, uh, or it stems from Oregon and a talk show recorded call. And um, those people have been um, uh, working in common law and wanting to set up 
something very similar to what uh, I had heard you discuss with regard, or maybe I saw it in writing with regard to honeycombs and setting up the local right. uh, local governments. And um, uh, Charles Stewart in Oregon, uh, who should be on the line here. Uh, Charles, if you're on the line, you please speak up. Hi, both Davids. Pleasure to uh, see you both. Thank you very much. Hi, Charles. So, so um, Charles has has a group of people, and and we uh, we do a two hour conference call prior to uh, the fourth branch, and uh, we discuss uh, our our, our uh, ways of uh, that we can be dealing with things at the local level. And so, I thought that that your concept of the honeycomb and how uh, and it how it it focuses at uh, of government at the local level of feedback at the local level, of communications with people at the local level. Um, all of these things fits very well with Charles' uh, concept of uh, precincts at the local level. And so I know that very much that they're going to be interested in your topic tonight. And uh, with that introduction, I'd, let you, I'd like to let you take the floor and, uh, and um, you know, give us a good reason to listen to why you called tonight. Thank you. Still there? Are you yes. still there? Ooh, I we can hear like, you. Uh, somebody... Yeah, we're all still on the line here, and and I'm hoping that Ted will join us because actually Ted's got control of the uh, uh, the control board uh, on incoming calls, and I'd like to to ensure that uh, that other callers that come in uh, will have open access to the line because. Some people may uh, be from this previous call that would like to speak, and uh, we do want to uh, give them the opportunity to ask questions. So thank you so much. Uh, David, uh, please, please take the floor. All right. Hey, thanks for allowing me to be on your program, and thanks for everything that you're doing uh, because, uh, you know, you're educating the people on what the heck is going on in this country. And, uh, you know, that's... People in America needed to wake up a long time ago. I tried to wake them up 28 years ago when I did a radio program called Stand Up America, and I used to tell the people over the radio that, you know, the politicians don't have the answers for you. You have the answers. And this is right when this technology was coming on. And uh, at the same time, Ross Perot was on Larry King Live talking about a technological town hall meeting system, and America went crazy. But the problem with Ross Perot is he didn't know how to build it. He thought you build it from the top down, you build it community by community. And that's what we're that's the blu- blueprint that we're trying to get out. Sorry, my dog needs outside. <laughs> well and get on the phone, he does it. That was that you know, that was one question that um that really popped out in my mind is is uh, your terminology of PBS. I just want to make sure that we are not talking about uh, that we're talking about public broadcasting system as opposed to public access television. Right. No, we're talking about public broadcasting. Everybody in America owns a TV station. That's what they don't realize, and that's what I'm trying to make them realize. We pay for every dime of we, we pay for every dime of of public broadcasting. We own it. 
you know, it's not owned by Ted Turner or Murdoch or any of these people. It's literally owned by our by us. And what happened when it started, everybody was very excited, you know, public broadcasting. It sounds like they're actually going to maybe broadcast the public. Well, what happened was back in 1969, when it started, the federal government realized that they did not want the public speaking out. And they started uh, helping to fund uh, public broadcasting. And by doing that, they were able to make sure that we, the people, didn't use it for what it needed to be used for, and that's to broadcast the people. And uh, so that's why we're watching antique roadshow and cartoons and 60s music and silly stuff. But what we're doing uh, is we're uh, demanding in our community, and we're trying to get this uh, blueprint out nationally, that we change the format of our local public broadcasting station to our local issues TV, radio, and Internet channel. And we are going to use that to allow the people in our community to come up with ideas to make education better, environment, a better tax system, a better health care system, uh, fixing the broken and corrupt judicial system, uh, the broken and corrupt uh, penal system, all these different issues, we the people are going to get busy rolling up our sleeves together, coming up with ideas to make our communities better. People need to be educated on these issues, so we're going to debate these ideas, videotape the debate, present that over PBS or our new local issues TV, radio, and Internet channel for a period of, say, 10 days. Uh, anybody that's interested in the issue will be able to pick up any touch-tone phone. You can use any anybody anybody's cell phone or whatever, and you'll call a local number, and it will go into a database. It will have your ID number and PIN number, and it'll ask you for that. It'll ask you what issue number you want to vote on. Press 1 for yes, 2 for no, count the vote, block you out from voting more than once. Every time this debate is replayed over a 10-day period, there will be an updated tally of the yeses and the noes. And at the end of 10 days, not only will the people in your community understand this issue in its entirety, but the outcome will come from the people. We will give that to our representatives and tell them to make it a reality. And that's how we, you know, start reinventing America. We stop waiting for people in Washington, D.C. to fix America. They aren't going to fix it. They don't care about it. They're there for the money. Uh, the people in state capitals the same way and the nine goofballs on your city council and the mayor, whatever tax money you have there, all they're doing is laundering it to their friends, and uh, their friends are laughing all the way to the bank while your community basically crumbles. And that's why, you know, the roads are bad and the schools are bad and the water is bad and, uh, the you know, the the police department's out of control and just nothing works because... Over the years, all they've done is built a system with people that are there because of who they know as opposed to what they know. So nothing works. They're all there for the money. And what we're going to do is demand that we uh, give everybody in our community a real and equal voice. Everybody wants equality in America. The only way we'll ever have equality is when everybody has an equal voice. That's what this communication technology will do. It'll interconnect all of the brain cells in your community, and you'll get busy fixing your community. And when you find things that work, you'll share it with other communities. And when they find things that work, they'll share it with you. And well, that's basically and, it. Uh, and, uh, and, and it. And it sounds wonderful, and I want to get into the meat and potatoes of it. 
and and in doing so, I wanted to also mention that uh, I'm hoping that we have Mike on the line here from Unified Counties of America because it was Mike that brought my attention. I think it was Mike that brought you to the show actually, and um, and it's it, it, um, and uh, and he's got United Counties of America, and he, and the the whole premise there is unity. Uh, for unity's sake, and 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 everything that you're talking about is bringing the counties together, the bringing the states together, bringing the local communities together, and those people in those local communities through communications and the communication system. And PBS is a is a national system uh, that that's been set up. It it does allow people to. Uh, you know, I, my experience with PBS, and we do have a, a, a very good uh, PBS studio very uh, right here in, the, in my own hometown of, of Novi, Michigan, um, that's uh, got an elaborate, uh, uh, you know, studio set up and everything. But uh, my, my experience has been uh, little... And 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 knowing what it takes to develop, I, it's my understanding uh, uh, that you have to have your own production uh, set up. You, you basically have to finance your own production in order to get it onto PBS uh, television, and that's as a as a as a program. But you're talking about setting up a channel all by itself and having this channel linked from community to community from from state to state and all across the nation. And I, and I, um, you know, I invite Mike, Mike, are you on the line by any chance? I hope. Give him an opportunity to. Hello, uh, hello David. Oh, we got Ted. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I, I was muted. Sorry about that. Hi, David. Uh, hey. hey, Mike. And uh, hi, Ted. Good to hear you guys. Hi Mike. Well, I wanted to invite Mike to um to elaborate on a little bit uh, on how he sees this unity that uh, how communications can help unify all the different things that, that we need to have come together. Uh I, I know that uh that David uh, Frank is his focus is on getting the the uh, the the people's thoughts and their and their passions about their community across to their representatives. Those representatives have to know what the thoughts and feelings are of the people, uh, you know, politically uh, about what's going on in their community and how things can get resolved. Um, and and this, this communications, this PBS, this network set, set up with a channel is one way of doing that. How do you see? I I certainly see a boatload of op, if we there's the channel available to the community that people know is is specifically for them in the community like this. I can see a lot of of things happening. I'd I'd like for Mike to open up the the uh, the floor here. With, with his thoughts on how these things can come together. Well, absolutely, David. Um, you know, anytime in, in a battle or in a war, you know, the first thing governments do is attack their opponent's communications network. So obviously 
that's a very valuable asset to any you know civil government society. So keeping that in mind, you know, we, we want to do that for our benefit. We want to build uh, our own communications network. We're paying for it with our taxes, but uh, over the years, like David had mentioned, it was, it was captured by the establishment and by the, the big corporations. And um, what we want to do is take it back. And it would be a very, very powerful tool to have public broadcast television, you know, under our control, under the, the people's control. And, you know, this uh, would facilitate our networking capabilities enormously. And that's just one aspect of it. Then you also have public broadcast radio, which, you know, is a, another whole uh, arena of communications that, that we can recapture. So it, it's all about, you know, making our voice heard and being as loud as we possibly can with that voice. And, and what David is doing is, is just one example uh, in, in the big picture, but his uh, effort has huge potential. And that's what makes it so very important that we understand that everything is centered around communications. And once we can achieve, you know, a, a national communications network uh, governed and controlled by we the people, then, you know, we really stand a chance at uh, reversing this tyranny that has overtaken our country. Um, and I, I just see it as a very, very important step in the right direction. And it's just like if you think back when the country was being founded, you know, the first thing the founders did was they set up committees of correspondence and committees of safety. And these committees were designed, Paul Revere was a member of the Committee of Correspondence, you know, to communicate the message uh, urgent messages throughout the colonies and the counties. And he, he was an, is, he was an electrical impulse that that carried right. that carried uh, the message, and that's that's what they were back then. Very good, Mike. I'm just really enjoying your what you're saying. I just needed to throw that in there. And it, just let me say this: back when this whole system started, they didn't even know the word electrical impulse. They didn't know what that was. But Paul Revere was one. And the politicians were supposed to be electrical impulses that took our voices to Washington or state capitals or downtown. But I'm 69 years old. I've never been asked my opinion. I have no voice. I have no representation. Now it's time to represent myself. So I'm sorry, Mike. I just I just need to say that. Oh, that was very well said. Thank you, uh, David. That's awesome. Uh, very well said. Words spoken in season. Um, you know... We, we just must be encouraged by this great upheaval of populist activity among the people, you know, and all, we can't let these divisions among, uh, you know, the left and the right discourage us. I think it's going to have a, a, an opposite effect. I think it's going to uh, backlash on them, and I think people are going to see all this false flag counter, counterfeit uh, activity for what it is. And it's, it's going to, you know, cause people to wake up, I think, because if you notice this past week after the Charlottesville incident, uh, YouTube is full of people analyzing the event, and they're, the public source intelligence uh, of our communities 
uh, on YouTube are finding out that many of these people, many of these faces that we're seeing on video and in photographs are actually uh, operatives of the deep state in the DNC. So uh, these things are getting uncovered due to communications networks. And well, uh, this uh, also I, this, go, ahead, go ahead. I yield. Well, I was just going to say. I, I, uh, wanted to, I wanted to. Please, go, ahead, go ahead. I apologize. No, go ahead, Dave. I just wanted to say that their goal is to create chaos. That's that's their goal. And like Mike was saying earlier, uh, you know, if, if you want to destroy your enemy, what you do is you knock out their ability to communicate because once you do that, then you have chaos. And that's what that's what you want during war. You want chaos so you can, you know, pick off your enemy. Well, that's what they want in our communities, too. They want chaos. That's why they're fighting so hard against what I've been pushing, you know, this ability to communicate as a community, to put the unity back in community. They they hate that idea. But, but they all run on this thing called transparency and accountability. Those are the buzzwords today. And do they really want it? No, they don't want it because, like in our community, for example, we have a $900 million uh, tax revenue budget. $900 million that's being spent by 30 politicians, nine people on a city council, nine people on a county council, three commissioners, mayors, seven people on a school board. $900 million being spent by 30 very below average people. Because once they get elected, then they turn into zombies. Everybody knows that. That's why we're on this call, right? Our, our lives are being controlled by people that, you know, are being paid off to make horrible decisions for us. And now all of a sudden the shit's hitting the fan and, you know, we have chaos across the country because nothing works. Nothing works. And, uh, you know, it's it, we want something better for future generations and thank God that we have the uh, communication technology that we have where we can talk like we're talking and uh, that we can actually do something about it. And can I jump in? So anyway, I, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to say that the goal is, as we all uh, Did we lose? It looks like we lost the Michigan Conference connection here. Um, Constitutional Gov Group. It looks like we got disconnected, and um, maybe that is a good thing. Um, um, I was hoping to move their discussion over towards common law precincts, but um, I can see in the chat window that we lost the Michigan connection, which was David's connection. So um, I think. At this point, point, we ought to try to resurrect our own discussion here, everybody. Point of interest? Yeah, or for... Um, can you just call that number and reconnect us? I am not confident that I would be able to do that. Um, uh I might be able to. Uh, you, uh, I, I'd, I'd like to take a moment to to um, ask the people that are still on the call, the others, if if they would like me to try to do something like that, or 
if perhaps we should just use our time to um, try to discuss our own issues. Anybody got any feelings on that? Well, I myself would like you to try. I don't know about others, but... Okay, well... Um, Sorry, I'm muted. Uh, I, I think what they're doing is something that will be very supportive of both your issue and our issue on Beacon 37. Because so, what they're doing is communication. And that's you think it'd be worth trying to reconnect with them one day? I do because it's a, a, a platform that we all can use. Because okay, part of well, the problem um, is getting people knowledge, and that's what their purpose is. Yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and um, uh, use my flash button here to dial the other number that David gave to me, and um, um, from there uh, I'll push the flash button again and bring you all back in. Okay. Okay, let's see if you can hey. do that. That'd be great. Thank you. Okay, here we go. Radio, please hold and you will be able to listen to the show. Has an issue. Everybody has an issue, but the problem is they don't know what to do with it. And that's why I explained to him that we need our. Thank you for calling into the Fourth Branch Radio Show. This is Ted Visner. Um, who's this? Charles Stewart. Hey, Charles. Very good. Do you want me to make your uh, mic hot? Yeah, if you could. And, and we've got like 20 people in conference that are in my regal retinue here. Excellent. I'll uh, I'll make your mic hot. Just uh, help help make sure that uh, the, the ambient noise doesn't get uh, out of control. Yeah, I've got mute buttons. Good to buttons. have you back, Charles. All right. Okay. Thank you. We want local issues. And um, so... Uh, that's what we're doing now. We build a, we're building a coalition in our community. Uh, we're having our second meeting uh, Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. Then we're going to have a rally out in front of uh, our local public broadcasting station so that when the media comes, and remember, the media is really not our friend because all of the campaign finance money that's collected by the politicians uh, ends up with the media. So the media never really wants to bite the hand that feeds them so that, you know, locally, your media probably is not covering what's really going on with the political machine. But with, with that said, uh, what we're going to do is uh, call a press conference. We'll be in front of public broadcasting. We're going to make it very clear that as a community, we demand that we change the format of our local public broadcasting station to our local issues TV, radio, and Internet channel. And we're going to build a database, and we want $3 million to fund it. And that's what we're going to – that's our next step. And then we're going to the city council, and we're demanding $3 million uh, uh, for, the, for the station. And that's basically it. We are going to, you know, make enough noise. 
where the people in our community, I met with a, a lady last night. She heads a group called Mamas Against Violence. Her, her uh, son was killed uh, for, you know, no reason. And kids are being killed around our area like crazy for, you know, for no reason. It's just just terrible. But anyway, we explained the plan to her. She gets it. She knows that the violence is nothing but a symptom of a dysfunctional system causing dysfunctional leadership, causing a dysfunctional society. And she understands what we're promoting, and she's going to join us in our rally. And we're reaching out to all these different groups and telling them that we want them to help us build this tool so that they can get their issues resolved by presenting it directly to the community. Because remember, federal, state, and local government is where great ideas go to die. What we need is great ideas in your community to go to thrive, and that's what this will do. This is the communication tool to interconnect all of the brain cells in your community. And instead of seven idiots on the city on the school board who are taking their marching orders from the federal and state government, not from the people, we might have 10,000 people in our community raising, debating, and voting on educational system issues. We might have 10,000 people raising and debating and voting on uh, environmental issues or tax issues. I personally believe, I've studied health care for 40 years. I believe that the answer is community health care, not national, not insurance companies that are just totally corrupt today, but community health care, where your, your, uh, your uh, health care dollars go directly to your community hospital, they handle all the doctors that are now on salary as opposed to commission like used car salesmen. They handle the nurses, they handle the surgeries, and they handle the pharmaceuticals, all under the same roof. And all of our community financing, our community hospital, and everybody's covered. These are the kinds of things that we can do once we have a voice. We can get rid of property taxes that are totally unconstitutional. If you read the original Constitution, the only people that were supposed to have a voice were property owners. Nobody owns property anymore. We lease our property from the state. And all of a sudden, that $150 you were paying for property taxes is back in your pocket. And all of a sudden, well, things in your community can start to work. Things like that. If you please, I would like to ask, okay, if you've got a $3 million budget, to work with um, and uh, and to justify, um, I'd, I'd like to know. You know, I'm I'm looking at my community, and I and I, and I probably need to ask what uh, what state or, or you know what area you're from. Where where are you I'm operating South, from? I'm in South Bend, Indiana. Okay, South Bend, Indiana. Okay, right. so you're real close to Gary Franchi. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I, I I like Gary, and uh, it, please tell him hello if you if you talk to him. Um, he should know me. Um, and uh, uh, as we, I, I know, that, like I said before, we have a public access building, uh, not public access. We have uh, a public uh, uh, broadcasting system, PBS station, here in Novi, where I live. However, if I look at the, the uh, uh, surrounding cities, I don't see that there. So I would like well, to well, know. Let, let me, should... Yeah, let me jump in here. The, all those surrounding yeah. cities, they'll be able to, they probably get your public broadcasting station. 
So they'll be Correct. able to use this as their tool. They're re- you're, you're not only helping your community, you're helping everybody in that circumference of, of, of okay. public broadcasting. Benton Harbor, Michigan, I'm in South Bend, Indiana. Benton Harbor, Michigan receives the, the you know, our public broadcasting uh, airwaves. They'll be able to use okay. this. Okay, so uh, so each one of these communities should have, well, should, could, maybe have, if they ask for it, uh, a $3 million budget to be working with to, to, pre, uh, to create their own channel on that public broadcasting system. Would that make multiple channels um, on a single broadcasting system? Or uh, please give me the... Give me the outline of what this is going to look like. I want to know what the schematic is. That, that you know, let's okay. just take your your North Bend, your your community, your community, right. and right. Um, Benton Harbor and all the all the places that are getting it. You're going to your community with three thousand three million dollar budget. Uh, suppose somebody from Benton Harbor is going to do the same. Let's let's find. Tell no, me Benton the Harbor, schematic. Benton Harbor will basically. Benton Harbor will basically get it for free. We're just going to our city council. This is a, actually it's a it's only a one year deal, and I'll tell you why. We now have the technology next year to set it up where you can charge fifty cents or whatever it is a vote, and you'll have more money than you know what to do with, and that'll go to fund your uh, broadcasting station next year. But all we need is one three million dollars. That's it. And and all of these all of these uh, surrounding communities will be able to use this tool so that people in their communities, if they want to raise issues in their communities, will be able to use this. And it'll and and uh, but you're going to find this is what you're going to find. You're going to find that almost all of the communities will have the same issues because what you're going to be doing these are basically the issues: education, environment taxation, health care, you know, fixing your judicial system, fixing your penal system, your infrastructure, basic, they're all basically the same. Those are the things that make us a sort of a civilized, you know, community. So all you need is one tool to set it out, uh, send it out, and then you can also get by with one database per, per uh, um, uh, viewing area, and each pers- each area will have its own prefix. So when you vote, uh, the computer will know exactly what area is being voted on. Does that make, you know, like you have a, a, an area code now or a, a zip code? Well, for voting, each area will have its own so that you'll know that the people that are voting are, are from that particular area. And that's how you'll be able to keep track of the votes. Does that make sense? Uh, it, it certainly does, and, and I, in either your uh, video interview with uh, Gary Franchi or maybe in the email that I got from uh, from Mike, uh, it, it made it clear that there's a, you know the zip code was set up in the same way to to get order and structure to the national system of of mailings and and the phone phone lines were done the same way with the area codes and so. You're 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 stating the same thing with regard to the communication systems that are being set up that that they have their own uh, structural system uh, numerically uh, that will identify 
what community they're coming from and if that community is part of the, the so-called PBS system that, that is being set up, correct? Exactly. And and ultimately what we are going to do is we're going to remap America. We have to. That's the only way that 320 million people can get organized. You know, we're organisms, but we got to get organized. And um, we're going to remap it just like, you know, the phone system uh, remapped it with the area codes and the postal service remapped with uh, zip codes. And all the communication systems have remapped America. That's how they're able to function. And we've got to remap America. And what I'm basically envisioning is a thousand hexagons across America. And the nucleus is is the public broadcasting station to send it out and the database to receive the votes or the calls, the calls or the votes. And then um, each, I, I'm just thinking probably the way it will work out is each uh, broadcasting station, and there's about 160 of them across America, will be encompassing uh, about six uh, hexagons. Well, may I may I may I offer you something that that I would like for you to consider? And it's the reason why I asked Charles Stewart uh, et al to be on the line tonight, because uh, I I thought we, you know hex six. Okay, hexagon. Right. Uh, right. Let us consider decagon ten, and let us consider how uh, Charles Stewart, uh, going back into the history of common law, uh, has has uh, is advocating for a precinct system. That uh, tell me if I'm wrong, Charles, because I know your line's open here. Uh, that the the precinct system is is based upon a ten uh, household, ten household um, number, and that uh, that a hundred household is called a hundred court, and in fact, a hundred court uh, a precinct system is, uh, is is alive and well in what Delaware or Connecticut or someplace like that uh, today, and that this is a viable system to argue about. And if you don't mind, David, I would like to just give Charles a couple of minutes to expound upon that, and then I would like to go back to uh, to Mike uh, because uh, Mike was the one that brought all of us together, and I, I'm sure he's got some thoughts about this matter as well. So, uh, uh, David, if you don't mind, I'd like to uh, uh, open the floor to Charles for just a moment to expound upon the uh, the precinct system and uh, you know using the terminology of a decagon <clears throat> with regard to to uh, setting up communities. Charles, are you there? Oh, I, I'm here, David. I I thought uh, the other David might um, uh, agree to my. Um, uh, Taking a few moments here, and I, I, I thank you for oh, the. Absolutely. Oh, okay, and I want to thank the first David for the graceful segue. Um, yeah, uh, uh, the, um, and we do have about 15 people calling in uh, uh, that are that are behind me here um, with the conference that I'm hosting that are um, uh, 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 listening also, in addition to however many might be with the uh, um, fourth branch group that are listening. But um, um, to get to the points on, on the precincts and the townships, 
the, um, see, our, our American common law, as referred to in the Seventh Amendment, um, is 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 based, actually based on more ancient Bible law, reaching back to Exodus 18. Therein, um, uh, uh, Moses and Jethro were talking, and um, uh, Jethro told Moses that he can't be judging all the cases of of judicial conflict in all the nation of Israel. And he needed to point captains over tens, and captains over fifties and captains over hundreds, and captains over thousands, and they would decide all of the small cases, and, and the cases that, that are really complex and, 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 and desire greater levels of wisdom in order to be resolved, those could be passed on up the hierarchy in the graduated hierarchical scheme until if they're really, really complex cases, they'd go to Moses himself. And um, that tradition was... Um, brought into the laws of England somehow through history that went through the dark ages and we don't really know all the history of how it was brought in but it's clear Blackstone himself uh, declared that um, that that Exodus 18 Bible structure in particular and general biblical law is the basis of the laws of England which is just another term for common law and and built there on America derived our, our common law principles as referenced in the Seventh Amendment and Fifth Amendment due process and rights to trial by jury and all that, all of that is part of our organic American constitutional system of government, and particularly local counties and precincts and townships. If we do the history, it's fairly easy to prove that a modern common law pre, uh, constitutional precinct uh, is supposed to be what's called, David referred to, as a hundred court. Uh, and that's a, a, a community of a hundred households, each headed by a qualified elector, that um, is, is, is building consensus um, uh, uh, from the grassroots bottom up. Um, consensus it, it, it is, is uh, in, in our modern collective consciousness, um, Building consensus is rarely, rarely, rarely ever talked about. Um, it's all majority rule, and there's pendulum swinging back and forth between the Democratic and Republican Party. And therein, you can see the hand of the dark forces that are coming in from Roman civil municipal law, the laws of the empire, which are opposed to our Anglo-American common law tradition at the precinct level. Um, uh, the, the Democratic and Republican Party are registering what they call uh, precinct committee persons. Okay, those they, they're either precinct committee persons for the Democratic Party, or they're precinct committee persons for the public Republican Party, and therein they divide and conquer the precinct level of community with different factions of their Roman civil municipal law. But but the true common law precinct uh, essence that's organic is built upon consensus because the precinct level hundred court would be composed by a board of directors, um, uh, which is the elected ten town constables. You see, each t each township of ten households is is. Um, Elect, uh, elects their own town constable from amongst their own members, and that's based on consensus. It's not based on majority rule. 
and and then the ten town constables get together to form the leadership of the precinct court, and again the 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 justice of the peace who has the the super powerful judicial power that cures economic problems and everything that justice of the peace the the, the ten town constables from the ten townships build a consensus around who among them is the most talented to be the 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 chief judicial officer of their precinct level hundred court and the justice of the peace judicial district. And and uh, yeah, I'll conclude here, but go ahead. Yeah, if I may, uh, and, and I think that you've done a good job there of of outlining uh, at least where I want to go with this here. Uh, now, two things are, are coming here uh, right now at this point in time. One is that I just wanted to make my point that that the uh, uh, the the uh, decagon being the the ten uh, the and this is based in common law and it's only for your consideration, David, uh, is because I want to you're talking about setting up a new form uh, a more local form of uh, effective government uh, by the people for the people uh, and um, of the people. Uh, and uh, and this is based in common law factually. It's already it's biblical uh, in, in in its proportion and um, and and stuff like that. Second thing I wanted to point out was that um, that um, that Mike uh, Anthony uh, of the uh, the uh, the United Coalition of America is uh, going to have to leave the call at 10 o'clock in another 15 minutes, and I did want to give him more time on the floor. Uh, so we can we can come back to this uh, this idea, but I wanted to just make sure that Dave uh, 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 David knew uh, why I'm trying to bring this together, because I wanted to give him some ideas. Uh, I love the idea of the, of the hexagon, the, the honeycomb concept, that the, the the effectiveness of a beehive is uh, is is the the honeycomb uh, that each bee stores the the labors of of its work uh, the the fruits of its work inside the honeycomb that that the uh, the, the jewels of this country lie at the, the the local level at the very at the very fruits of one's own labor. And that we all should have a voice in what it is that, that we have for a government, and we, that is not being carried out today. And what we need a whole new paradigm of of change in America. And this this uh, what what Charles Stewart is proposing, and what you, Dave, are proposing as well. Um, I call you Dave because I people call me Dave, and I've got David, you know. So. Um, I just want to to bring this together and and provide food for thought. And uh, with that, I'd like to turn it over to uh, Mike Anthony uh, for some of his thoughts on the matter. Thank you. Can I can I say something here real quick, please? Uh, please I, do. I like. I, excuse me, Mike. Just one second. I I just wanted to address this idea of ten, and I think what we're proposing really goes sort of hand in glove with what you're trying to do uh 10 is my favorite number because my date of birth is 101048 and 
and in this plan, and it's on the blueprint that's on our website, One Voice Now, it's on the problem and solution page. And let me very simply explain how a an issue will go through your community. Because, you know, people in your community don't want to watch silly issues. They They need a filtering system, and I think this is sort of hand-in-glove with what you guys are doing. Uh, Once we have the uh, local public broadcasting station, TV, radio, and Internet set up, and uh, people get registered in the database, what we want the database to do is pick 10 people at 10 people at random every week, Uh, and the computer will do that. And these 10 people will only be there for one week, uh, the same reason a, 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 a judicial system gets rid of a jury, so the money and the corruption doesn't get to them. They rotate. You get new people every time. So every week we're going to have 10 people that have never had an opportunity before to be sort of like uh, uh, the representatives in the community, sort of a grand jury, if you will. And uh, now we have 10 people. And Dave Frank has an idea that he thinks can make the community better. He thinks we ought to have a law that says no driving and drinking, period, like they have in Sweden. You can drink, just don't drive and kill people when you do, or yourself. So he presents his idea to these 10 people. And if the majority of these 10 people think that this is an idea that should be considered by the community, Dave goes to the next step. The next step is videotaping Dave and his issue and presenting it over the local issues TV, radio, and Internet channel for a period of 10 days. It will, there will be two phone numbers that will be given. One number people can call and be part of a lobbying group for the issue. One number they can call and be part of a lobbying group against the issue. When they call either one of these numbers, information will be given to them as to where and when these two lobbying groups are going to come together and prepare. 30 days later, we're going to have a debate by these two lobbying groups, and we're going to videotape the debate and assign an issue number to it. It will be replayed again over our local issues TV, radio, and Internet channel for a period of 10 more days. And anybody that's interested in this issue will be able to call a local number, go into the database, and vote. And they'll be blocked out if they try and vote again. And every time the videotape is replayed, there'll be the updated tally of the yeses and the noes over a 10-day period. So we're using the 10. Uh, I don't, you know, it's sort of coincidental that you guys are pushing it too. But I just wanted to say this so that you understand that, you know, for whatever reason, we're sort of talking about the same thing. You know, one person presenting it to 10, but instead of presenting it to 100, you're presenting it to 100,000 in your community. And uh, that awesome. way, I think we're using more brain cells that way, too. And I can also see that you're using up the $3 million. That justifies $3 million. I can see that in an infrastructure. Um, uh, thank you so much for explaining that. And I, we will expound upon that in a, in a momentarily. I did want to give uh, uh, Mike Anthony a chance to have the floor before he had to leave the line at 10 o'clock. Thank you. Okay, Mike? this is Mike. Yeah, thank you, David. Um, and David Frank, that, that was a marvelous uh, illustration of uh, direct democracy. And, and this is what technology 
is affording us to accomplish. You know, uh, I believe there will be a day not so far away that uh, representatives and senators will no longer be needed. We will be able to determine by consensus, electronic consensus of we the people, what we want and what we don't want. And doing this through an electronic uh, selection process will uh, eventually eliminate the need for, uh, you know, these Congress critters that waste our money and create tyranny. And I, I just want to applaud David's efforts. And um, we, we like to refer to this as uh, uh, county stewardship. You know, we are stewards of, of the county. And bringing this concept back out of the Bible, you know, uh, trusteeships uh, were, were a concept that were brought from the Bible. When the original townships came here, uh, it was all about managing and being a good steward of, of the land, of the land that you dwelt on. And this is the concept that we need to return to, and localism is the way we can do it. And with technology today, uh, this is going to really facilitate this effort in, in the greatest way. And It's just really exciting see all this coming together and, and the United Counties of America is simply a structure a platform to uh, put all these tools and in, in these weapons that uh, we have uh, due to technology and I just uh, am really encouraged by by what I'm hearing and um, unfortunately I'm going to have to run uh, here shortly but um, you guys are doing a great job and uh, if you have any questions or comments I'd love to hear them I yield. Well, I just uh, I do have one, and that is uh, at your uh, your comment that we may not need our legislators anymore. I would like to uh, uh, propose that we go ahead and release this audio and uh, let them all have heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know when you when you mention trustees, what we've been doing is trusting the wrong people. We've been trusting people that are misrepresentatives. And what we've got to do is we have to evolve as a humanity, and we have to start trusting ourselves and start acting like adults. And just like Mike says, we have to, we have to be the stewards of this great planet that God has given us. And, and Jesus said, there will be a day where the last will be first, and the first will be last. And that's exactly what this new technology that's been dropped into our laps miraculously allows to happen. But it, we have to demand it. The politicians are not going to do this for us. They hate this. Uh, you know, they are stricken with all of the deadly sins, every one of them. And they, they, they do not know the truth, and they are not capable of knowing the truth. And that's why we have to take it back. And that's that's what we're going to do. But we need a plan, and I, I really appreciate you guys letting me share this plan with you and your listeners because all we're trying to do is get people to realize, hey, the, the answer isn't in Washington, and it's not with 150 people in state capitals that don't even care about our community because they don't live in our community. And it, it has to be we the people. That's what our founders tried to tell us. And now with this technology, hey, he said the truth will make us free. The truth is, why should nine people on a city council have a voice and 90,000 people shouldn't? Well, now, right. uh, if you don't mind, uh, 
my interjecting here, I'd like to see if maybe you can elaborate on the um, any uh, business plan or anything like that that uh, you, you know, this is something, <laughs> let me go back to the proverbial, is this a top-down situation where you're going to kind of have the, the whole thing from the PBS all across the nation, or is there a, a, a business plan, I'm, I'm playing the devil's advocate here, is there a business plan that uh, that you've got that's kind of open source, so to speak, that uh, that you are going to be sharing with one everybody so that they can go to their own community and kind of do it at the grassroots the same way you are? Please elaborate. Yeah, well, it's it's on our web page or website. It's one www.onevoicenow.org. There's a problem and solution page. And that's the blueprint. Before you can build anything, you need a blueprint. And that's what's on that page. It's the blueprint where people in their own communities, they don't need me. They can do this. It's all right there. There's a lot of creative people in every community. And when they find better things, better ways to do it, they'll share it with all the other communities. And it's all ground up. It's all from the bottom up. You know, I try and convince people this isn't about Dave Frank. Dave Frank does not have the answers to 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 making our world a better place. God has already given us the answers. The problem is is back in 1960, nine geniuses on the Supreme Court, nine lawyers threw the answers out. They were all in the 10 commandments. Those are where the morals are. You know, you don't lie to people, you don't lie about people. You don't disrespect parents. You don't work seven days a week. Uh, you, you don't kill. You don't steal. You quit What happened? Did we get bumped again? Aw. <laughs> I'm getting into that. Did we lose Charles, too? Okay, it must be the three-hour limit. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Hey, Mom. Well, I'm good. I'm good. We're still on. I'm taking my dogs out, so. I wanted to ask him what his plan is. Yeah, well, it's what, what, got how, do, how does he claim, how, do, how is he going to make claims when he's got contracts uh, with uh, an administrative government operating in martial law? Well, the thing is that the people have to learn that, that we, this is part of what this, could be is actually teaching the people that way that we are under martial law and maybe they'll start hearing what we're saying because it's on the radio. You see, that's the problem. We go on the we're on these internets and we have like mind are all communicating and we're the choir. It's getting okay, the, the one po- the, yeah the point is and I you know I agree he's got a good idea. 
but uh, they're not going to just hand over the radio systems because uh, it's not in their interest for the people oh, to organize and self-govern. So we have to continue what we're doing now and educate this way, in my opinion. I mean, and yeah. That is, that is if it, correct. If it can be done over radio or alternative radio or a bigger broadcast or educating more people, that would be good. But... Um, Uh, to some extent, he's dreaming. Well, I think $3 million, they won't ever give him. But what we could do is, uh, you know, the less we buy of the products advertised on those things, they're going to have to come to the people. Because that's part of our... Uh, our actual what that gentleman was talking about a week or two weeks ago is to go and do an actual quiet revolution of not buying the products at these stores, boycotting. Right. Well, that would be good. Starting with uh, Google and <laughs> oh, yeah, and other. Facebook. It's convincing really people awesome. not to go buy stuff is the thing. <laughs> well, that part too. That, well, so buying this stuff is uh, is uh, the optimum because it'll really affect them. People aren't watching television. That's why they're putting advertising on your cell phone, on your uh, internet connection for YouTube. I mean, I've got so many ads, and when you go and you you go to search something something. You got ads first. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to use some of those when I attempted to have a business, but they were costly on my part because I never got anybody to look at the ads. I didn't do them well, so it's all a learning experience. <laughs> yeah, Charles, are you still there? Thank you, Mister. Dropped us somehow. Yeah, but we stayed together, and that's funny because (laughs) none of us are connected. (laughs) My little Jerry and Gerald, you aren't on, are you still Jerry or Gerald? I am, yes. Oh, Oh, you're a trooper. (laughs) You know what? I think Charles must have gotten dropped from Talk Shoe. Maybe. I just put in a. Oh, yeah, he could have gotten dropped from talk show because I get that sometime on our program, don't I? And you guys I'm, keep talking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the lucky like guy. I'm, I'm this, here with three ladies. I'd so, like yeah. to yeah. add something. Four. Yeah. How, how, how can you beat that? <laughs> yeah. I'd like to add something what that lady was speaking about. Hi, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Hi. hi. When you were saying about stop buying the products... Uh, yeah. I read uh, on uh, Facebook today that um, if we would just learn how to barter with each other, right. what would they what would they do with all the money? Right. Well, what would we do with all the money? Because the uh, stores wouldn't have us using them. Correct. So I think everyone's got to start bartering, my opinion only, and start having community um, gardens. Defeat. Is everybody uh, familiar with Ripe Near You? 
R-I-P-E near you. It's uh, a way to barter homegrown vegetables and fruit. Yeah. Oh, what's that? No, what's that again? Ripe what's near that? you. R-I-P-E near you. And it'll be oh, a map I... of everybody who has stuff to give away or to exchange huh. that they're growing in their garden. Wow. Oh, thank you. And a lot now. of it's free. But, you know, a lot of it's the same stuff. I mean, certain areas there tends to be, you know, an abundance of one particular thing. But uh, if you, you know, well, it just, it's it's is a that, step in the right direction. Right, correct. Is that, is that like .com or something or... Yeah, let me just double let me just double check and hang on, bear with me and make sure I get it right. I think I have it. Ripe near. Yeah, right near me. ripe near me. That's it. Yeah, but it's ripe near dot me. That's it. That's it. That's it. Thank you. R i p e n e a r dot m e. Yeah, that's the one I pulled up. Ah. And then it'll bring, and then it'll show a map, you know, in your area, and who's got what to give away. I just put it in the uh, chat. Thank you so much. That's um, great. That's beautiful. Hey, is this is this Rick from Illinois? Me? Yeah. No, this is no. Eric from California. Eric, okay. No, Rick has a lighter um, voice. Yeah, they're oh. close, but I wasn't sure. I've got a heavy yeah. voice. Oh. Sorry. No, no, no. Rick has a lighter voice, but huh? You have a different intonation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so a, I'm I, a win, I'm a win musician, so I know what you're talking about. All right, there you go. <laughs> Come on, Polly, time to go in. I have one that I'm having mutiny with my dog. <laughs> have you ever heard of mutiny well, with dogs? But, you know, uh, that Charles doesn't realize he's lost us. He's probably still on the call. Yeah. And he doesn't realize we're not with him anymore. <laughs> and none of us have the number, do we? But I, I do. Uh, hey, I could call I could try calling in. Yeah, try and call get in. Get us back on get us back on yeah. the call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't write it my, down. My faithful Skype. While we're waiting to get on the call, let me invite everyone again to um, uh, participate in self-government and uh, resolving any learning how to resolve uh, problems with what I call policy enforcers, public policy enforcers, agents of government uh, through um, your prerogative as a co-tenant of the sovereignty and if need be trial by jury by uh, attending the Texian Jural Society's Tuesday evening webinars and learning about that because that is happening right now and it's a way for people to deal with the issues that they have like right now. Cool. Are you with Texas? I you said California. So are you I'm in, in California, but um I've been I've been attending their webinars for 4 years. And 2 years ago we started a or reactivated because it's always been there. It just hasn't been active the Californian 
Gerald Society, and we uh, that was for uh, one of my friends who was being attacked by the IRS, who was threatening to sell his property, and he won a favorable ruling uh, through a or, or a, t- taking it to a trial by jury. The, ju- the jury uh, found in his favor, but then uh, he just he wasn't. Uh, he couldn't sit there. He couldn't just uh, be happy with that. He he wanted to uh, <laughs> he wanted to go back to the IRS and get their acceptance of that, or he wanted to get something from them or them to acknowledge it. So by by calling them up, he opened opened it up and gave them jurisdiction again. And yeah. you know he 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 just couldn't sit tight and uh, let the silence and the the, the vacuum and the silence was to <laughs> what wasn't enough for him, and that's and that and that's the kind of success that they get in. They've been getting in Texas is, uh, you know, you don't hear from the uh, government agencies anymore when you have a win, and that's your win. Okay. They you don't hear from them again. And he and, and he guys, Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Please hold, and you will be able to listen to the show. Completely solidified. Even if it is, I'm sure uh, maybe we could do some tweaking uh, to it. But I'm sh- a- after listening to David Frank here, I'm I'm thoroughly convinced that you know th- this is not something they're working to copyright for 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 their own uh, little collective here, but something that uh, is going to be used on a national level by as many people as as we can get involved. And and wow, wow, it, it even has a built-in feature to help finance. Uh, the entire thing with the 50 cent per vote thing. And that, and that's really exciting. I, I David, <laughs> I'm so glad you're on the show tonight. Uh, wow. What a breath of fresh air. And uh, we, we seem to think uh, a lot alike and uh, very prima facie, uh, bold in your face, detail, detail, detail. And I love it. I love it. And with that, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to yield uh, uh, at the same time, let David know. I want I want David Frank to know that uh, I'd like to uh, start communicating on a regular basis, and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully you're you're willing to do that. And oh, uh, absolutely, Ab, look <laughs> look we're all in this for the same reason. Look, we care about this country. We care about the people. That's why we're doing this. I you know I I could let, if somebody laid a million dollars on me today, I could care less. Although I'm broker than broke, uh, it, you know. This is about leaving this world in better shape for future generations. You know, this is Amen. this is about God's children. And when you're good to God's children, when you care about God's children, you're doing the work. And and I commend you guys. You guys have been doing this. This is this is terrific. Think of all the people you've educated over the years and woken up to the scam that's being perpetrated on uh, on the American people and the people around the world. And and you you've done the work and and I, I I mean I'm thrilled to be on your program and I would love to work with you and um, we can do this I mean I, when I when I started this back in 1989 uh, I saw what could happen very quickly when Ross Perot was on Larry King Live and all the guys said because there were there was a a, a percentage of people. 
not like today, but back then there was a percentage of people that really wanted to see some change happen to America. And when that guy, you know, hey, if I was, you know, he said, you know, you know how Ross Perot talked, hey, if, if I ran the country, I'd build a technological town hall meeting system, you know, and I'm doing this local radio program called Stand Up America, and all the local politicians hate my hate me. And uh, here's Ross Perot on national TV going, saying it, what I was saying, but I really believed that he knew how to do it, but he didn't. He, he 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 didn't tell people that you don't build it from the top down. You build it from the ground up. You know, that's how you have a solid foundation in our country. Uh and 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 people moved. I mean people you know, they were so excited. Uh I've just never had the opportunity to sit on a national program and say, hey, this is the way you do it. Everybody get busy. Don't worry about what's going on in Washington, and don't worry about what's going on in your state capitol. Get busy right in your own community. Build a coalition. Very simply, number one, you know, demand to change the format of public broadcasting, your local public broadcasting station. Build a database in your community. And number three, fix your community. That's simple. I mean, it's one, two, three, you know, but we've got to sit here and we've got to listen to these Democrats tell us how the Republicans are rotten and the Republicans tell us how the Democrats are rotten, and they're both telling the truth. They're both telling the truth. But the reality is we don't need those two organized crime syndicates handling our $4 trillion anymore. Thank you. Thank you for calling them an organized crime syndicate because that's exactly <laughs> They are. They are domestic terrorists operating as a fictional corporate government, and we're all starting to to understand that they are a corporation, but what we still cannot, most of us, accept yet, and we need to, and that is that this is organized crime, that the mafia, that they sent their children to college to become lawyers, that the real criminals and the real mafia right now are the bar members, which include the judges that have taken over one-third of our, our, our uh, really, all three-thirds, because bar members are in every branch of every uh, government that we have at the state level and the federal level, and, and they're in every uh, commission and every school board and every uh, uh, city council that we can imagine they are there, and they are giving their advice, and, and everybody kowtowing to what is legally advisable. And uh, that includes all the corporations, and, and our government is a corporation, and, it's a, and they operate as domestic terrorists against we the people, and I'm fed up with it. I yield. And, and, and just think about this for a second. The abbreviation for corporations is C-O-R-P-S. The only thing that's missing is the silent E. And a corpse is death. And that who is that is who is now running America and our lives. And that's why God has given us this technology. He's dropped it into our hands, just like he dropped that piece of wood into Moses' hand. And, and, and all of a sudden, we the people can start to interconnect with one another like Mike was talking 
and bring that collective consciousness together. You know, when you think about your brain, there are clumps of brain cells that do different things. You know, these brain cells allow you to smell things. These brain cells allow you to see things. These brain cells allow you to taste things. Well, in your community, you're going to have a clump of brain cells that are coming together because of this tool, this communication tool, then you're going to make your education system better than ever before. You're going to clean up your environment. Donald Trump's not going to clean up your water and air. That's up to you. That's up to you as a community. If everybody cleans up their water and air, guess what? America's clean. Can I make a suggestion? And all of these things. And so simply, we can have a very simple tax system because everybody does need to contribute to, you know, making your community better. But you keep your money right in your community and you let the people decide where they want that money to go and where they want it to not go. And all of a sudden, things start working, you know. But as long as... As long as you allow nine people on a city council and a mayor to do the thinking for 90,000 people, you have a brain-dead system. And as, lo- and, as, and as long as you allow 150 people at the state capitol to think for 6 million people, it's a brain-dead system. And 540 pe- five, 545 people thinking for 320 million, it's brain-dead. The goal is to use as many brain cells as possible, and that's what this technology will do. And people are ready. People are ready. And when I say this isn't about me, it's not. It's about everybody. And the blueprint is there. I I, I mean, I hope your listeners will go to www.onevoicenow.org, look at the video, look at the Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. Crap. <laughs> Let me try calling back in again. And I don't think our mic is live. Okay. Remember when Charles called in the first time we got right in, but then dropped, and he called back in, and uh, what's his name? Uh, came on yeah, and asked make if he wanted our... Okay. Yeah. So I don't think we're live, but let me try calling back in here again and see what happens. Yeah, the sales pitch is getting kind of old. Yeah. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Please hold, and you will be able to listen to the show. Now dot org uh, forward slash video. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. Well, that sucks. <laughs> Third time's a charm. If you get somebody on the phone for him. Huh? Hello? Somebody on the phone. Is anybody else there? Hello? 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 Yes. Oh, if uh, Donaldson here. What's up? Oh, hi. Yeah, I'm going to call in right now. I got the same number. It's 1213. What is it? 
Um, two one three. Nine four. Yeah. Nine four three three four five one. All right. Nine nine four three three four five one. I'm gonna call it right now. Yeah. Welcome to Black Talk Radio. Please hold and you will be able to listen to the show. Is um, onevoicenow.org. Right. Okay, and uh, at this point, again, I would like to, uh, uh, I don't want to play partial to just us. I want other people to be able to uh, ask their questions. Uh, I would like to start with Charles. Charles, do you have questions or do you have comments that you'd like uh, uh, to share? And then I'd like for you to open up your board uh, with the 15 or so people that you have on there. And if you can control uh, the dialogue, uh, I'd like to turn the floor over to Charles Stewart, please. Thank you. Yeah, that. Now, good thing. Okay. Back to me. Talking about getting all the money and getting on CBS. That's all. Awesome. Shit. Some other guys might, you know, get some tractors, but let him do it. I don't want to be a part of them. Hello? Hello? Am I the only one here? No. Okay. <laughs> Not sure how many people are still here. I don't know if Wonder Ann is still on or Who's still here? Just Marvin. Uh, okay, Marvin. Donaldson connect to this is he still here? <laughs> Eric, are you still there? I think we've lost a few people. We got I'm here. Disconnect. And who are you? <laughs> I don't know all the names of people yet. I'm Pennsylvania. I'm here. Okay. I don't think they can hear us over on the radio. Donaldson, are you still there? He's the one that connected us, and I think it got disconnected again. For some reason, us calling in, it's not staying connected. I don't understand. We're all still connected on TalkShoe, but Charles isn't there, so 
Well, he, he lost one, us. A long time ago. Yeah, I know. And I think mm-hmm. when he goes to try and open up his mic to the rest of the people that were on his call, he's going to discover he lost us all. Right. But we're still we're still connected to TalkShoe, so I would think that if he calls back in on TalkShoe, he'd connect back with us again because we haven't disconnected from TalkShoe. Yes. But I don't know. You'd think since he's running the dashboard, he would have noticed that we're not there anymore, but I don't know. <laughs> Actually, he'd noticed that he wasn't connected to Talk Welcome to, to Blog Talk Radio. Please hold and you'll be able to listen to the show. The model is grassroots bottom-up based on consensus. The Roman municipal model is based upon top-down authoritarianism, coercion, and deception and divide and conquer strategy. And I've outlined a lot there. I'd like to yield and and um, I, I definitely welcome comments. I think I made some good points. I, I'd like to hear some feedback. Go ahead. I know that there is a uh, there is interest here in Michigan uh, because uh, we have had some discussions here recently regarding the Michigan Constitution, Article One, Section Thirteen which expressly states that we, the people, have the right individually to prosecute our own cases. Uh, It says in in our pro-per-person or through an attorney of our choice or a lawyer of our choice. Now, uh, it does not say whether whether it's civil or criminal. We are, uh, we here in Michigan have, myself, Included, have lots of evidence to show that we are being precluded from being able to prosecute. Um, uh, we have, I've had uh, rulings at the state level and at, at the federal level which tell me and everybody else, because this sets precedence, that um, uh, that that we have no right to uh, the uh, to, to even an interest in the prosecution or non-prosecution of another person. We have no right to access a grand jury or to demand a grand jury hearing, uh, when especially when we're, when we're uh, uh, alleging crimes by so-called government officials. Um, and so I take great interest in your statement that uh, the 10, uh, if you can outline a little further, because uh, I hear that you saying that, that, that 10 households uh, can elect a constable. Uh, I'd like to know the definition of household, especially when we have online communities and, and, and we have people from separate counties that are coming together, uh, how we can elect uh, a constable while, while we, uh, we act- actively use our state constitution to privately prosecute these criminals that will not prosecute themselves because they like to call themselves government, or we look at them as domestic terrorists. I open the floor to Charles once again. Thank you, David. Um, yeah, that uh, the enforcement power is 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 it is right out there. I like to think of an eggshell. Um, um, all the thinking and the judicial powers go on. 
further closer in towards the center as, as you progress on up the hierarchy, but in a, at least a circle or in three dimensions, an eggshell, the 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 the, the outlawry, the, the 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 purging of the criminal elements from the community is um, uh, is done. Uh, through the certification of qualified electors process, because people that want to get get in that are just blowhards that don't know what they're talking about or that are actually subversive, they won't be able to get the necessary people to be qualified electors. But you segue, David, if I might move on a little bit. You you referenced the the, the problem of building a ten household community when um, uh, maybe people in in smaller counties can't find the number of, of people to participate. And there's sections in state constitutions that say, especially governing the legislative department, particular sections there, it says the legislative assembly shall not make special or local laws. In Oregon's provision there, Oregon's constitution is very advanced, more so than I believe any other state in the union, at least regarding this particular verse, because in Oregon's founders, they went on to list what special or local laws are. And th those are laws regulating courts of justice and the jurisdiction of justices of the peace and of constables. Those words are directly used in Oregon's constitution and the legislative assembly, which is allegedly the lawmaking body of the Roman civil government of the state, they are thereby prohibited from uh, uh, making any law regulating the jurisdiction of justices of the peace and of constables and uh, of courts of justice, which are precinct level 100 courts. So this means that the sovereignty is with us in those local jurisdictions. And to get more to your point, that, 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 that prohibition against the legislature for legislating in special or local communities, that word special. Local is obvious. That was the problem that you were addressing. But special is that that brings in the ideological and religious and fraternal type of jurisdictions that, that, that are all considered under, quote, private law, unquote. These are private jurisdictions that have authority to form their own communities and to responsibly self-govern under the rules of the common law. And when they do that, when they issue judgments, like the judgment that we're working on, Sam Gilrod's case, and in uh, uh, the, the, the Keith Livingway case, and all kinds of other cases that definitely needed to be addressed, these, these, when we adjudicate this from our own ideologically-based jurisdiction of, of patriots that are up to speed on common law due process, then that judgment is under that special exemption from the state civil government's statutory regulatory authority. And, and, and there under we have the sovereignty to exercise the judicial power um, by, by rendering these verdicts that, that deserve, quote, full faith and credit, and, uh, unquote, and, quote, comity, C-O-M-I-T-Y, to accommodate the, these judicial opinions because Oregon statute recognizes that um, – um, um, a, a judicial officer has power to control the acts 
of every person associated with any kind of a case that is legitimately presented before that judicial officer. Okay, so when, when, when that judicial officer has the right to command the obedience of every person related to a case uh, uh, that, that is a proper judicial controversy with a sworn criminal complaint before him, then that judicial officer has elements of state sovereignty, and, and, and we've got the authority to do that from our own special or private uh, jurisdictions that are ideologically based upon truth and justice here, and I believe that answers your question rather long-windedly. And and I I would like to just point out to to, uh, Ted Visner that uh, we'll listen to that again because this is recorded at least on TalkShoot and I believe also on Blog Talk Radio. That that is something that, that Ted and I will pay particular attention to, the difference between the local jurisdiction and the special jurisdiction, and the special jurisdiction being private. Now, that's also going to be of concern uh, and should be addressed by David Frank as well, uh, if he has not considered that already, that we have, uh, especially when we're asking $3 million from our local government. That the uh, uh, that the you know the local government's going to say, well, okay, where are you spending it? All right, then you're going to have to prove that you're spending it at your local uh, for the local community. Well, within that local community, there is special. Uh, we won't say special interest. That that's tied too much to the um, to the lobbying groups. But there is the special jurisdiction. There's the private. Uh, concerns and the private fraternities, as you mentioned, uh, or however you want to describe it, uh, that these these uh, these people acting in the private capacity, um, they they need to be addressed somehow. I'm I'm not sure at this point how that can be addressed, and and I would like to open the floor to anybody who would like to comment about how that can be addressed, because when we're talking about dollars and cents. They they do need to be accounted for, and when we've got people within the local community that have these, that are considered themselves as private, uh, you know, now we're talking about the difference, and I don't know where to go from here. Anybody have any ideas? I have ideas. Okay, Hello. Charles. Hello. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Charles. Uh, Charles, I have ideas, yes, but I think there was a third voice coming in there, David. No, that was uh, that was Ted. He was just. I think he was just uh, mocking the fact that nobody had a voice in that. Uh, Charles. I think. I think that. Charles. I think that oh. it does create a, a quandary, and I, I'd like for you know. Let's let's go ahead and see if we can attack it real quick. Right, sure, if, if and, I may. And, and we've got somebody else, yes. If I may, this is Ted Bisner. Uh I'd, I'd like to say something about the $3 million because uh, for the purposes okay. that we're looking for this kind of money to uh, initiate or expound upon uh, public broadcasting for the purposes that, uh, that we have, um, it's going to be uh, the door's going to be shut in our face. 
But one of the things that uh, David Frank said earlier that, that's really impressed me is I think that this has the ability to create its own buzz, its own uh, lift, so to speak, and, and take off on its own uh, with the mechanism that David Frank has already mentioned, which would completely circumvent the need for uh, approaching the criminals asking for money, uh, you know, asking them for money to, to shut them down. I, you know, the, I mean, it should be common sense by, by now everybody that's worked long enough uh, in the face of this corruption to, to, to know already that uh, the answer is going to be no. And, and I'm very excited about what David Frank said about, you know, using this voting process. I, I, I think that this can be started um, you know, I'm not, I'm not suggesting we shouldn't approach uh, the entities for funds to get this going, but what I'm thinking is that we should also uh, multi-tier this and, and also work to create an approach uh, where, the, where the project and the process will fund itself uh, by charging 50 cents a vote. I, I, I think that's absolutely brilliant. I really do, and I think, I think it will uh, generate the interest on its own, I think it will generate the revenue that we're looking for um, just using that simple mechanism. And, and I, I'll yield now to, to David Frank if he's got any more comments on that. I think uh, I, I think he's probably already preemptively thinking that um, you know the door is going to be slammed in the face because we're asking the criminals to uh, provide us the mechanism to shut them down and and I'm, uh, David do you have anything to say about that yeah I, yeah we've been we've been trying to we've been trying to get these guys to do the right thing there's you know you're just talking about nine nine people on a city council that, I mean, once again they're they're holding us hostage uh but over the years before the timing has it was as good as it is now it was basically me and a couple other people you know demanding that you know they they fund this and they played the numbers game to stop it but what we're doing now is we're we're building a coalition of people and it's not just you're going to be five people or 10 or 20 it's going to be a lot of people that stand up once they understand what we're saying and they're going to demand it too because like i was saying earlier everybody has an issue you know i mean they're they're they're, they're the education issues and all these people are fighting trying to get their make their community better and once they hear the plan uh i think they'll join us so it's almost you know they they talk about democracy being mob rule maybe it's maybe what we need is mob rule to build democracy in the first place you know it, it and that's where we're at i understand what you're saying you're right they don't want to give it up because when they give that up they're giving up $900 million that they've been laundering to their friends. Uh, and it's even worse on a state basis. And, you know, mm-hmm. going back to the feds, you're talking $4 trillion every 12 months. Uh, but, but the, see, they've been doing it so for so long that they really have finally destroyed the economy. And with when this has happened in countries around the world or, you know, in history, it's always the same thing. It's that Tower of Babel that eventually falls over because the people at the bottom become hungry and frustrated and revolted, and then they have a thing called a revolution. 
And that's what's happening in America now. We started with a violent revolution, and now we've done one complete turn. That's what a revolution is. It's one complete turn. You're right back where you started. And that's where we're at now in America. You know, you have these so-called representatives in Washington, each making decisions for 700,000 people. That's not representation in the age of communication. We have we have real representation in the age of communication, and it's called self-representation. But we're going to get this money one way or another. But if we can get this thing out nationally, that would really help put pressure on uh, on the uh, these nine idiots on the council and the mayor to do the right thing. It's sort of like you know when when um, uh, Martin Luther King started off, you know, it was a small group of people. But as he marched and as more people understood what he was saying, it just grew and grew and and Congress had no choice but to, you know, bring about change. Unfortunately, it was stupid change, you know, things like busing and all this other stupid stuff. But but, you know, they tried to put a Band-Aid on the problem to stop it, but uh, they didn't stop it. It's it's worse today than ever, actually. But today, it's a different deal than it was back in the 60s. Today, I mean, we have this amazing, amazing technology that's being used on us. And what we're going to do is demand that we use it for us. And, and the question has to be given to them, tell us why we shouldn't use our $3 million to give us a voice. Tell us why. Give us a reason. Do you think we're stupid? Do you think that... That nine hundred million belongs to you, or does it belong to us? Answer the question. And and that's what we have to do. We have to treat them exactly like what they are. They are our employees who are all doing a horrible job, and it's up for us, the employers, to basically tell our employees the way things are going to be. And the good thing about it is, it's not one guy saying it. Hopefully, it's going to be a whole community and a whole country, and a whole world doing this. Because the exciting thing about what we're doing in our community, not only can it grow to the country, but they can use this in Israel to start resolving their issues through communication as opposed to violence, and giving everybody an equal voice. And they can do it in Russia, and they can do it in Africa, and they can do it in Syria. I mean... Can you imagine the people in North Korea, how pissed off they must be knowing that this dysfunctional little prick is ready to annihilate the whole human race because of his insanity? But if all of a sudden people in North Korea had a blueprint where they could go, hey, look at what they're doing in America. They're remapping America. The the nucleus is a broadcasting station radio and internet to send the information out, a simple database, we don't need this guy anymore. And all of a sudden, from the ground up, things start to change. And we can do this, and we can get this out. I've been using social media. I'm fortunate tonight to be on this fine radio program. And hopefully a lot of people are hearing this thing. And so they can go to the website and they can read it for a few minutes or watch the video, and they can take that information and share it with their friends. And before we know it, you know, unfortunately, like I said, I don't get to sit on Larry King Live like Ross Perot did because I'm not a billionaire. But I do have a good idea, 
And once again, the idea is not about Dave Frank. It's about everybody. And, you know, one of the most intelligent people I've ever known in my life, he was a mentor of mine. He taught me about government and religion and Jesus. I, I really knew very little about Jesus. And he educated me on that. And he called me to his bedside as he was dying. And he said, Davy boy, he said, you got to promise me you'll never stop doing what you're doing. He said, you know, you're absolutely right. And he said, always remember, Davy boy, Vox Populi, Vox Dei. The voice of the people is the voice of God. That's my religion. And who was that mentor? His name was Andy Coleus. He was an elderly Greek gentleman who had a photographic memory. And uh, it's sort of an interesting story. I met him in 1984 when I started my restaurant right near the University of Notre Dame. And a year before I met him, he died. I know that sounds funny, but it's the truth. He was pumping gas about a block from where my restaurant ended up being. And he was, he, he had died. He died. He, uh, uh, he, they walked away from him. He was gone and that was it. And he said he remembers while he was gone, he saw his mother and, and his aunt and he said it was beautiful. And he said he wanted to go with them. And they said, go back. We aren't ready for you yet. And the doctors said they had never, ever seen anything like this. They, they gave up on this guy. The next thing they knew he was back. And a year later, he and I met, and he became my mentor. And when I had this vision, uh, I was paralyzed for a week. That's how this information was given to me. And I used him as a sounding board to see if it made sense to him. And uh, he was there for me to educate me on government and politics and religion and just all kinds of things. You know, it's so anyway. I, I wanted to give uh, give him some uh, recognition because um, uh, even as we reach our old age ourselves, we I think it's important for the younger generation to know that there's that there's people that that have influenced every one of us in our lives, whether they are grandparents or uh, you know uh, the key people in our lives. Uh, at, at some point, they mean something to us, and and uh, uh, they aren't forgotten. Um, I, I did want to get back. This is David again. I wanted to get back to um, uh, the, the the structuring, uh, and uh, we we only have about fifteen minutes left in this show. Uh, real briefly, um, now you know, like we mentioned before, the PBS stations are only in certain communities, and then they're surrounded by other communities that those uh, stations serve. And it's it's the city councils, uh, am I right, that the city councils of those communities that, that have PBS stations, they're the ones that are funding the PBS stations, or do groups of communities do that, or does it depend on the, the, the station itself uh, and whatnot? And the, the second part of that, that question is that if those communities are in, being uh, funded entirely by uh, excuse me. If those PBS stations are being funded entirely by the uh, the community itself, which I don't think that they are, because I think that there's some kind of federal funding that goes into all that, you know, jumbo. But um, is it 
is it really the bottom line for the the outlying communities to be forming assemblies, be forming uh, those committees that you're talking about, so that they can put pressure on uh, where does the pressure go? If you can kind of you know outline that, I I like to see it. What's it look like? Yeah, it's really more of just a coalition that is all thinking the same thing at the same time. And and they're the ones pushing the blueprint. They're the ones pushing the plan. Uh, you know, I've got, I've got a, a, a nucleus of people, a core group of people, and we're all reaching out to more and more people. And we're explaining the plan. They're coming to uh, the meeting next Tuesday, and we're growing very fast. But the timing is absolutely perfect right now because everybody's really scared. And if you aren't, you're just stupid. And, um, and, and people are very receptive to this. People are very receptive. And, and you can be doing the same thing in your community. In your community, because you can't do this by yourself. You know, you're not a threat to those nine idiots on the city council by yourself. But you're a threat when all of a sudden you've got 100 people or 1,000 people. And that's what's going to happen. Because people well, can't put up with this I'm sorry Pardon to break me? in, but the media, the media itself is a threat. You are dealing with a topic that is the threat because now we're talking about the free press, the First Amendment, and this is we're bringing fire and breath to to the First Amendment now because it's been uh, uh, taken away from us and and uh, undermined by the mainstream media. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's why our founders made freedom of speech or voice our first freedom as opposed to, you know, guns. Because, you know, the guns have already been pulled out, unfortunately. But it's okay because people are awake now. But now they need an alternate plan than to, we're going to get guns and we're going to go to Washington and we're going to get take this thing back. And then what are you going to do? Then you're going to put in 545 new idiots because you're using the same top-down system that, that they use in the 1700s. You can't solve 21st century issues with the 1700s system. It can't work. It will not work. Our, our, founders, just... never knew, our founders never knew the, the term TV, radio, uh, computer, paperclip, rubber band. They didn't. They lived in the 1700s, but they did a heck of a job building an electronic or a human computer system, where where politicians were supposed to be electrical impulses that rode back and forth to Washington state capitals and downtown after talking to us and supposedly taking our voices with them. That's why they were representatives. Well, we all know what happened. You know, they they ain't coming down. They've been shorted out by greed from lobbyists representing special interests. And, you know, we pay them a ridiculous amount of money to do what they do, and they don't even live in the same world that we live in. So we can't rely on them. We just can't, you know, you just can't rely on them. we, We have to come up with our own plan, just like our founders did. And that's what we're doing. And I can guarantee... I've read about our founders, and I can tell you that if they lived in the 21st century, and they were inventors, a lot of them were inventors, 
they would say, you guys are still using the same system from the 1700s and you have all this amazing communication technology? What is wrong with you? Uh, I believe that somebody's trying to break in. Go ahead. Charles Stewart here from Oregon. Go ahead, Charles. Um, Well, excellent, excellent words, but um, um, we don't have to invent something new. The, the, the technology that, that is being discussed here, it, it, it's a wonderful blessing, and we can capitalize on it, no doubt. But, but um, we don't need to reinvent, or to, to, yeah, to reinvent. We, we've got a model from traditional common law that is amazingly empowering to our smaller local communities without creating anarchy and chaos at the upper levels of the hierarchy. Well, I agree with that, and, and that, that's why I'm trying to bring this together, is that the, the traditional model that you're proposing, Charles, fits, as, as David Frank had stated, like a hand in a glove. And, um, and this, this fits with the, the, uh, the we're, we're talking in both cases about the, the uh, power at the local level, the voice at the local level. The, uh, the communication from the local level going outward and upward, um, and, uh, uh, and, and that being the power base. Um, yeah. uh, uh, thank you. Is, is there anything more that you have to add on that, Charles? Uh, well, just, just briefly, yeah, that, that uh, not only the, the, the outer and the top, uh, the, the grassroots bottom-up polarity, uh, in the small communities, but but the, the building of the consensus in the individual small communities. See, you can always tell a problematic person that's seeking qualified elector status to go find a different township. You're not you're not fitting in around here, and he can move around and bounce around until he finally finds a township of other people that have that particular unique ideological perspective that he does. And then he can build his own community with other like-minded people, left or right-wing or whatever. But they can all honest, righteous people that have any kind of a connection with the God source can, can find communities that, that are similarly like-minded. And under they can develop their consensus. And then, then uh, those smaller communities can elect one spokesperson that is the representative to the next higher-level jurisdiction where, again, a consensus is built around the the the, the more well refined and well developed thoughts and arguments. Um, at that point, you're 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 purging out the people that don't know how to communicate well, or 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 that are too emotional, that 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 are distracting from the essence of the legitimate point that is trying to be laid. But at the higher levels, where where there's more. Um, there's people with greater levels of community con- confidence elected to be the representatives of the, in, in, in the higher level hierarchy grassroots community of, 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 for more solemn deliberation. At that point, these, these tougher issues can, can, can uh, again, a consensus can be built. Uh, honorable men, honorable people that are sincere and humble 
allowing others to speak, and, and, and working with God heartfelt devotion towards building the consensus on all reasonable propositions. At that point, you've, you, you're, you're, you're building the grassroots bottom up. You're capitalizing on all good energies that are possible within your local or special private fraternal community. Um, and, and, and they're coming together, but they're building consensus in each of their own separate communities that, that, that those separate ideological communities then come together at the hierarchical level to hammer out a consensus between the different ideological private communities to firmly establish a solid base in public law instead of the public law that we're now under statutory Roman civil codes that's polarized by the Democratic and Republican Party and pendulum swinging back and forth between chaos tyranny on one side or chaos tyranny with a smiley Democrat face on the other side. Okay. And uh, thank you, Charles. And I'm looking at the clock here. We have five minutes left. Um, I, I, uh, I believe that um, uh, that this could be a topic for another show here, Ch- uh, uh, Chad. Um, I believe that uh, we could discuss uh, what Charles had just uh, had spoken about dealing with consensus. Uh, I, I picked up on that word consensus, and in in one sense, and Charles is a good friend of mine here, and I know exactly where he's coming from. But this is where rule of law comes in. Uh, versus consensus, because uh, around the time of the Civil War, the consensus was in the South, uh, and I believe me, I'm I'm totally against what happened in the uh, uh, Reconstruction Acts, but the consensus was in the South that, that a, a judge could put together a jury of uh, of uh, uh, Klansmen and um, and 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 basically. Uh, uh, you know, have a consensus of guilt uh, on somebody who was not guilty or not guilty on somebody who just killed uh, a, a person of color. And um, and if you didn't like the weather, you could move. And if, if you didn't like the way things were down there, then, you you know, you could theme, you know, just go go somewhere else. Uh, but And that was the mentality uh, of things and uh, in some areas still remains. And uh, when I moved to Michigan and I started getting, I started experiencing this corruption as a newcomer to Michigan, it was very clear to me that if I didn't like the weather here and I didn't like the corruption here, I could just go somewhere else. But I decided I was going to stay and stand on the rule of law, only to find out that it is completely arbitrary and capricious here in Michigan. And uh, so we have... We this this topic of consensus versus the rule of law needs to be needs to be discussed further, and uh, certainly we have no time here. And what I would like to do at this point, first of all, is to thank David Frank very much. Uh, we hope to get you back, Dave, um, uh, because uh, this this topic is a hot one. I think uh, that uh, even though Ted Visner had said at the beginning of this program that he wasn't feeling so well, I definitely picked up on his voice and his enthusiasm that he's feeling much better. <laughs> Thanks to your topic and, and your discussion here. And and because of that, I want to, uh, me, David Scheid, I want to turn this over to my partner, uh, Ted Visner. Uh, to finish out the show, to uh, to close everything out, and to uh, 
thank you. I yield. Uh, thank you for that, David. I thank you, David Frank, uh, from the bottom of my heart for being on tonight. Uh, wow, what a breath of fresh air. And Charles, thanks for bringing your group um, with you tonight. And uh, yes, this this is going to be continued next week. And uh, I appreciate uh, all the input and all the all the awesome conversation tonight. This, we're gonna we're going to create a YouTube video out of tonight's show, and I think it's certainly worthy. And um, we're gonna blast it out. We've got some friends now working in social media that know how to really pump these things out. So that's what we're going to do with the show from tonight. And hopefully uh, next week's show will be uh, filled with this much enthusiasm and, and goosebump raising uh, topics. And uh, uh, again, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for, be, for being here. And uh, you're all invited back next Friday. And until then, uh, that's going to close out our show tonight on the fourth branch. And God bless. Everybody have a good night. You too. Thank you very much. Good night, everybody. Oh, one quick point of interest. Good night, John Boy. Bye. Thank you, Charles. My friend from Southeast Texas, uh, you have no audio on your side, sir. Charles has left. There he is. Hello, Charles. Hello, everybody. Indiana, Texas, Roddy Kay, and Jeremiah Guthrie. How y'all doing? Uh, I, was just, I was just saying hello to my friends, talk to your friends, Cheyenne and uh, Law Files. Southeast Texas has no audio on, on his side for some reason. Yeah. Hi, Roddy. Hi, Jeremiah. Hello, Charles. How's things going, Jeremiah? Uh, you know, I wish there wasn't so many freaking perps on the call. It's part of the nature of the spiritual battle we're involved in here. I appreciate you letting me uh, do some good work there.
by patching your call through. Glad Shot, to help that was out. a good move. Sure. Okay, I was I had mixed emotions. They were pretty far behind the curve in comprehending townships and precincts and qualified electors and all that. Thought it possible we might be able to accomplish more on our own, but um, I was kind of glad I took the um, advice of Wonder Ann and Ofra to heart and uh, followed their directive to go ahead and call back in after we got cut off. Because, um, yeah, I got into some pretty good rants there, and I hopefully made some points and got some other people thinking about the empowerment that's available through comprehending what our common law local jurisdictions really have to offer. Exactly. I don't know if you hit home uh, like you did with me on, you know, when we spoke uh, a couple of months ago for the first time and and you broadened uh, my... Uh, perspective. Uh, I'm hoping that there will be a firecracker moment for many people out there. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't necessarily, I don't need to take credit, you know, for creating things that embody the principles of the common law, rural societies, uh, whether it be an agency that's uh, organized over the internet to and, and, and whose purpose is to unite uh, qualified electors on a national, from a national and international level, or whether it just be uh, uniting at the local level in any one particular community. I think giving credit to people that come up with good ideas that relate to the subject matter is probably the wise move on my part and others. We can we can organize both locally on, and on the national level at the same time. Southeast Texas. Yeah, is that that problematic guy? Starts with a name. Their mic is open, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. If he wants to talk, him and Roddy are welcome to talk. We're just down to the four of us here. Um, But I will mute people that are obviously purposefully being disruptive. I'd like to address one thing, Charles, with you, man, just in in this public uh, domain. Sure. Um, The behavior, first of all, I hope you forgive me for previous behavior that that gives you uh, the inclination that you, sh- you should not affirm me as a qualified elector, um, you know, because I've, I'm trying to earn back some trust, and I think that it's affordable uh, on your end to allow me that courtesy of earning back whatever trust seems to have been lost based on whatever behavior you're claiming. Um, I'm not willing to dispute the issues. Uh, I don't think it's necessary. But if I mean, it'd be better to actually give me an admonishment and move forward rather than to debate whether or not I'm qualified. 
at this juncture, I think. But I'm just, you know, just asking for your forgiveness. Well, um, two things. Um, it doesn't help when you call me up and leave messages on my answering machine telling me that I'm being an asshole. Um, and uh, and penance, the concept of penance from the religious jurisdiction, when people screw up, they need to, and there's a third point, but the second point, when people screw up in a Christian common law monarchy, the pathway is always open. God's kingdom, I believe, is similar, Bible law, that 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 the pathway is always open to people that have trespassed against the laws of God, others, but, but they need to do penance. They need to show that they're serious about changing their ways because we can't tolerate this pendulum swings back and forth between this, this split personality uh, uh, type of, of syndrome uh, that, that this pendulum swinging back and forth between Mr. Nice Guy and Psychopath. Well, Can't have it. Um, you know, I hear you, Charles. It doesn't. I, I'm taking more seriously the and sincerely the the uh, the work before me. I actually did not expect to be in this position, to be honest with you. This was not what I anticipated would be my heading, particularly. But you opened up my eyes. I was able to actually put a lot of things together because of the information. I give you credit for helping me to put the pieces together. A lot of people... They think what you're talking about is your ideas, and I'm I'm willing to give you credit for helping me put the pieces together because of your knowledge base, your extensive knowledge base, um, and also give credit to our ancestors and forefathers who established this the system of jurisprudence, which would enable us to uh, delineate between particulars of the common law. Yeah. Um, um, have you uh, had opportunity? I think I linked it in the chat window. Um, um, uh, the, the, um, the commentary by Pollock. Yeah, here we go. I've got a web link. I'll post it in the talk sheet chat window again. Um, it kind of, I, I think, is friendly to the general subject that we're dwelling on here. It just seems to be you and me talking. We, we're not getting any interference from Roddy or Southeast Texas. But... Um, uh, the file name I just posted there is Common Law is Living Temple of Justice, Frederick Pollock, Oxford Lectures. And and if I might just quote 
the final paragraph at the bottom of that page that's rather enlarged. Uh, the, the upper text uh, has as good, eloquent introductory information. Um, but the punchline is, and, and this is Pollock, Fred, uh, Fred of Pollock and Maitland. They're a team, and they wrote a series of books in in England uh, in the 1800s that was absolutely it was building on Blackstone, and it was absolutely cutting edge stuff about advanced insights into common law. Um, um, and um, um, Judge is criticizing Maitland, and maybe with just cause. But this is Maitland's partner, Pollock. And and in lectures at Oxford in England, uh, he he made these these this statement, probably a prepared statement, all written out in advance. But um, talking to the students there, he said, uh, after the the eloquent introduction that deserves to be read also, but he said in concluding that you you uh, students of the laws of England. Um, you shall understand how great a heritage is the laws of England, whereof we and our brethren across the ocean are partakers. And you shall deem treaties and covenants a feeble bond in comparison of it. And ye shall know with certain assurance that <clears throat> however arduous has been your pilgrimage, the achievement is a full answer, period. A full answer, period. You will get a full answer, period. So vulnerable, so majestic is this living temple of justice, this immemorial yet freshly growing fabric of the common law, that the least of us is happy who hereafter may point to so much as one stone thereof and say, the work of my hands is there. See, this is God's righteous Holy Spirit right here staring us in the face. It's at our fingertips. We are blessed. We are empowered. We can cut with a broadsword. You there, Charles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, is that, are you talking about 12 Good Men and True and the character of early 14th century juries? That's uh, that, right? that would probably be within the parameters, but um, 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 I really prefer uh, pre-1066 juries. Thanks, 12. Yeah. I found out that the county was uh, a, a, a fixture of law before dates and also before... Um, um, town, which is well, kind of powerful information, you know. I mean, of course, like you can't just believe everything you read, right, Charles? I mean, when we do a proper research, we are comparing, you know, the we're looking at things from a broad perspective. We're not just swinging with a broad sword. Uh, when we get in conversation, but we're also swinging intellectually as we're reading, right? So that we can encompass the broader perspective of um, the meanings behind the uh, intentions of these these writers. I mean, and see what works best for us in our in our community. 
I think I think the thing that we've come to consensus on is that dural societies are the a such a fixture of law uh, in America as well as uh, internationally that it could well be considered one of the laws of nations. That that the jury yeah. society itself is a law of nations. Yeah. The application internationally, I am a proponent of it. Like to to encompass international bodies into uh, the, the 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 regulatory scheme, if you will, uh, because when we're talking about regulating from common law, right? We're really talking about doing what uh, is just and and uh, and hey, right. Hello, Jeremy, my good friend. For all who wish to know, one four four seven nine five. Good white talk Go over there. Good white discussion. But the just the, the whole thing about it is is that. Um, let me share this with you, Charles. Um, I came up with um, this case law earlier today talking about counties. And uh, have I mentioned that to you before about the county personhood? Yeah. I never, I didn't mention it tonight very much in any of the calls because I'm not trying to have any of our stuff really stolen. But it seems like we don't have too many people on the call that care right now. Uh, let me see, we still have, well, there's actually kind of a lot of people still. We have at least 10. But, well, for those, I mean, Charles, how do you how do you feel about the county? Because from everything that I've read, uh, um, um, counties are, are, are political subdivisions of the state. It's actually the um, the largest local political subdivision of the state. So it's a local governance issue, right? But it's but it's also an arm of the state. That is, and then the other thing would be that those things that are actually underneath the high, are pre- precincts. That's also a subdivision of the state, but it's a subdivision of the county. And underneath the precinct, oh no, district. Excuse me. Then precinct, then township, um, right? So the idea, I, I I've seen this. In writing, uh, not from not from sources that you've given me alone, okay, but from other sources that I've researched myself, and I can give credibility to, I can add credibility hopefully, <laughs> to uh, to to the argument that um, to be in the county, in a de jure county, uh, would would mean to would be would really mean to retain your sovereignty. Um, as a de jure constituent it, uh, and state actor, right, uh, which is where we will find our posse comitatus and enforcement yeah. power. Yeah. I, th- I think, I, yeah. Right. Exactly. They might freak out if we start talking posse comitatus, but, but they won't freak out if we talk about peace officers. Or police power. Well, well, I, I, that police power can be construed as the definition of police power is a top-down 
uh, franchise from the federal government. Um, I, I, I prefer to stay away from talking about that um, unless it's absolutely necessary in the heat of an argument or something. But um, uh, generally speaking, peace officers are, are, are the preferred terminology to use when indicating grassroots bottom-up. See, the, the folks and judges source of all of our problems are well if we start using words like police power and police officers in a positive light they're going to misconstrue that purposefully to, to uh, uh, indicate that we're approving of top-down authoritarian despotic rule whereas if we use the terminology peace officers it, it that that is is there there's no wiggle room for them to to um, uh, infer uh, in, in, in the history of the wording, the, the etymology of the wording uh, uh, of, of police officers uh, grants that wiggle room. Uh, but, but peace officers um, uh, does not give those porcatone attorneys and judges that wiggle room. And that's why I prefer the, the wording of um, peace officers over police and police power and things like that when i okay charles when i say police power i'm really just me i say it in a general way yeah a, and you thereby give wiggle room to the corrupted attorneys and judges to fuck with you yeah but there's a couple things they can't get around and that is um uh our our ability to consent to be sued as the jure arms of the state that's the beauty of of claiming common law township precinct doctrine and and de jure governance is that when you're really acting as an arm of the state um and you're fulfilling a judicial uh, um, you have a judicial role that you're playing there's there's like certain private conduct right can literally become state action like voting and stuff. So when we start to form these townships at, and we have a specialized governmental unit, right, that's doing one particular function, which is the basic jury thing, that's a core power issue right there. And there, that's something that the no legislature can literally get around. You know? Yeah. And when we're talking, if, I might, yeah. if I might briefly segue in. All of that, all of that's good about what you're talking about is there, but we can capitalize on that without being reliant on that problematic concept of, quote, police power, unquote. Oh, like I said, Charles, I, I'm not going to dispute the reliance on the, the general term because there's other ways of describing it. So, yeah, we could, I mean, throw, you know, discount it you know, off the bat, because there's other ways of actually explaining it. It's such an intense uh, subject matter. It's, 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 uh, it's expansive. There are applications that, that go beyond um, mere, um, uh, uh, quote, unquote, de facto governance. And so it does span beyond, um, you know, uh, the, the, the limitations offered by those the, the phrase, you know, police power. So you're justified in your in your response to my my, my sure. If I might expand, um, 
and it sounded like maybe you muted out. You got some noise in the background there, but um, I visualize my regal retinue being with me in 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 for, courts of foreign jurisdiction, and and it's not just me talking; it's other people that I've got a close bonded relationship with that are part of my legal team coming in with me. And 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 at that point, we need to be speaking with the same voice. If one of us is it for, if I'm referring exclusively to police power, I want everybody on my legal team to also be using uh, uh, the phraseology of of peace officers. If I I probably said that entire proposition wrong. Uh, if I'm talking exclusively about peace officers, uh, then I want everybody on my legal team to be talking exclusively about peace officers as opposed to uh, a compromising our collective representation to the judges of the foreign jurisdiction by by speaking positively about a police power. I, I, I don't like even even raising that issue unless it's necessary to to fine tune a specific point that 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 they are probably raising um so so there's another term right charles what is that other term for police power um it's not just posse comitatus but it's peace officers uh, a peace officer but I mean, the executive, it's executive power. Right, there you go. That's another way of describing it. It's, it's, it's an executive function, um, um, yeah. which, which um, involves enforcement of the law. And, and the, the fact is, um, the, the, the fact, the factos are trying to use police power, right, or enforcement power, right, uh, to the executive power to to enforce their um, agency determinations. Um, I, I think a really good choice of words there is malum prohibitum. Um, if you understand the difference between that and malum in se, yeah, sure, sure. But the thing about this is is that I I, I want to try and not get See, for me, it helps to, to think in terms of, of um, I guess, English words. Even though I know what res judicata means, right? And even what you just said right now, mal, mal prohibitum. Yeah. You're talking about statutes, codes, and things that are prohibited by, by statute, right? And, and then there's the, uh, what was the other one? You said mal, mal prohibitum and mal what? Malamin say is is the opposing polar opposite of malum prohibitum, which would ultimately be natural, well natural. In, huh? Natural law. Um, yeah, uh, malamin say is harmonious with natural law. Malum prohibitum is the social engineering codes of the Roman Empire. Um. Charles, uh, did you want to see the document that I was working on today? Because um, this this case that I uh, 
found uh, from Tennessee actually um, hits home with core power issues of judicial procedure um, and um, um, gives credit to um, and weight to uh, the the common law agency ability to to issue a determination of fact uh, based on issues of fact when you know what I'm saying like I don't know if I said it clear enough but uh, I'm gonna try to share this with you so that way you can just check out the link quickly to the case um, are you posting it in the talk shoe window here? I'm going to post it into the talk shoe right now, but and then I'll be able to refer to it coming now. Well, are you uh, logged in? Yes. Uh, actually, my phone is 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 giving me a hard. Oh, there we go. It took me a second to actually get back on. Here we go. One second. One second. Okay. One. Okay. Okay, Charles. So, so again, in this document, you go down past the core power stuff. I want you to check that out if you get a chance. Okay. But it says as long as let's just say it, as long as legislation does not impair a core judicial function, then it is generally viewed as as valid legislation, because the core judicial powers doctrine could be the saving grace of the judicial the judiciary in California and in other states, basically. That the, the judicial power is a power inherent in each state because states' rights remain a subject matter of statewide and national concern, and the Ninth Amendment of the United States Constitution helps to make sense of the power of the people to act in a judicial capacity. Um, the powers of the Secretary of State are such that they reflect the judicial branch and its acts or actions. Okay? They reflect it meaning it's the job of the Secretary of State to actually inform the governor of the legal acts and actions of the local constituencies. Okay. So this is why legislation needs to be passed by the Secretary of State before it becomes law. It's called promulgation. All right. um, going down a little further, if a law has not been promulgated by the Secretary of State, it is not positive law in that state. Okay. So therefore, there's a judicial function at the level of the de facto Secretary of the State. Um, Okay, so when someone has been elected or appointed, it is important to give notice to all people of the state, not just your community, and that is where the local notary comes in. Um, you can read that and go on and on, because I said this stuff before. But down uh, here, yeah, go ahead, near the bottom, is actually well, where I was focusing on the, the primary um, uh, thrust of my argument here is, 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 is about the county not being a person. And I gave a link right there, okay, uh, to the cases that support it, okay? It's never been overturned. These cases have never been overturned. Or this one case has never been overturned or even treated negatively, and it supports my argument that um, um, uh, there is a specific amount of immunity given to uh, the, 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 the government especially at the local level through its local agencies. Um, there's deference. And I'd like to start thinking that as we form townships, we are literally administering common law as qualified electors and qualified um, agencies of the common law. 
So any yeah. any thoughts on that? Well, to, to, to just do general uh, larger issues, um, the, you've got some valuable insights here, credit where it's due, no doubt. Um, your document would be vastly improved if you would include the portions where you're, you're, you're making some bold statements here that, that I presume are probably copy and pasted or at least gleaned from some other authority document, like, like uh, perhaps Corpus Juris or some statutes or something? Well, and with, with regard to which part, under the line or above the line? From from the top down, everything you're doing no, the, here, I, I can tell which is yeah. your writing and which is copied and pasted from from right. authoritative source. My writing is everything above the line. Everything below the line is just some su copy and paste stuff. Where, 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 where is it copied from? Uh, well, I put the links right here. Uh, Eight thirty six of the Penal Code. This one is. Uh, 836A of the Penal Code, a peace officer may arrest a person in obedience to a warrant. Of the California Penal Code. Right. Of the California correct. Penal Code, right? That's correct. That's correct. And as you remember, a county is not a person. So if you're in the county, you would not be considered a person. Well, I'm not sure of th that. That goes in both directions, de facto and de jure at the same time, depending on your definition of the word person. Um um, uh, and we can get into that, but above the line, um, um, these, these, um, if that's all you're writing, those are very powerful assertions. And, um, um, uh, I would be delighted if I could see some citations in support of your personal written assertions there, uh, because I, I haven't seen, uh, uh, orthodox, uh, uh, legal scholars make any of these kind of statements. Really? Yeah. Uh, where, where did you glean these kind of citations from? Well, uh, the core powers actually comes from the California Constitution and cases that have arisen from, um, you know, controversies. The Constitution of niggas! Let me actually, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll take a minute to go get the document. And I'll post that in the chat for you, Charles, so that everyone okay, can have it okay. and you can have it too. Mm -hmm. That was the asshole in southeast Texas. Mm -hmm. We can't blame that on Jeremiah, Jeremy or uh, um, Roddy. Roddy's not even with us anymore. But yeah, yeah. If if you could post some additional um, citations in support of your document there. That would help me to embrace it more compassionately. Let's see here. Um, right hey, now. this is Jeremy. I, I didn't interrupt. Sounds like Law Fan. No, it's Jeremy. He's the only one linked. I didn't okay, interrupt. So the separation of powers doctrine, Charles, that 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 comes from the federal constitution, um, has been mirrored in the California constitution to a certain degree. Uh, and um, they've taken some of the concepts and, and created their own terminology, their own language here in California. And one of those, one of those terms is called core powers. Um, I'm going to put this link right here into um, the chat so you can have this document for yourself to read and everyone else can read it too. But this is where I, I discovered the issue of core powers and its, um, its ability to actually um, to respect and, and adhere to the, 
to the common law of this country, which is due process, you know, um, and the, the immunity, the qualified yeah. immunity that actually comes along with uh, the, the application of separation of powers in California um, is, is immensely um, um, uh, powerful. Uh, um, it's, uh, and the effect would, would be um, that specific determinations made out of our common law agencies would have to be, the, 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 the way that we came up with our fact finding would have to be rebutted or it would be presumed to have been a lawful um, fact finding. You see? And that's right. beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let me get that link here. I'm I'm only interrupting on, on on respectable terms. Where can I find this stuff? Uh, Jeremiah is posting web links right now, Jeremy. All right, all right. Thank you so much. Oh, that that's all. I'm not trying to. There it is. I was that a look, Charles. Thanks, Jeremy, for chiming in. Are you sure, Jeremy, that you don't have anything else? To add? Well, I have lots to add, but I didn't want to take over the call. Um, so I'm 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 solely kind of like learning. Like you, you, like I've learned a lot from you. So I mean, I, I, there's lots of things that I disagree with, but I don't know if it's the time because it's not my call or anything like that. You know what I mean? Because if I Stop you for little things. We can go forever, and then like we get nowhere, and nobody helps nobody. You know. So so I mean, another call. Like have another call, and like invite me on, and then well, we can go from there. That, that's all. Thank you. I'm actually looking this up right now. This is interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, the, nice, the, what's that, Charles? That's a nice-looking document you've got there. It's it's authoritative. It's um, orthodox sources. It's it's really valuable when we have the the citations to the orthodox sources in support of our bold assertions. Um, um, when it's just one of us radical patriots standing up and talking, they ignore us. They poo-poo us. Um, but when we cite authoritative documents such as the obviously insightful and valuable document that you've produced in your last web link there, Jeremiah, um, then then they blink instead of us blinking. That's the critical juncture upon which the scales of justice do pivot. Exactly. This document is very awesome, actually, because if you when you well if you, if you read the Constitution, you look at and you look up every word in the Constitution through the definition of like Latin, Aramaic, and German and, and, and Hebrew, and you read this document, like I just read like the first three paragraphs, it's like amazing, actually, because. It basically saying what the Constitution says in California, which Texas is, is almost exactly similar, but it's not, it doesn't say this. It says the sovereign does not relinquish 
his sovereignty to the state. <laughs> or, you know, it, it's like I mean, the sovereignty and religious power to the state. So, so the sovereign is the people, and, and it, it declares that and, and it defines people. But you can't define, there's no definition of word, the word people or man. In, in, in the Aramaic, uh, Hebrew, the Bible, whatever, it doesn't, doesn't really doesn't define man in, in these constitutions. It's, it's, so, it's so awesome. So when, like, in Cal- oh, that's why I love California's constitution. Because it's like, you know, it says that the, the, the sovereign does not relinquish his his governance his his power to 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 the government, and because the, the the loophole is like, oh well, you're your person and like you're a citizen, so you have to pay this fine, and then you're like, oh, I am a citizen as I registered, and so you pay the fine. But but a people, if you just say I'm one of the people. <laughs> you know, you don't have to pay that fine. <clears throat> like I was thinking, I just bought a car in Texas two weeks ago. I don't have a registration. I don't have a license. I I don't have a registration. I don't have a, I don't have a license plate. I was thinking to myself, I'm actually going to call my lawyers. I have I have prepaid legal. I'm going to call my lawyers. I'm going to call the the Attorney General of Texas. I'm going to call the Secretary of State. I'm going to. Where's the law that says I have to actually register my car? Where does it say I have to get a license plate? Where's the law that says that? And I know I'm, I'm serious about this. Because I've been thinking, I was like, wait a minute. I just bought a car, but do I have, really? Wait, wait. They, they gave me documents to register my car. That's fine. Which I'm not against. I like, you know, if you get your car stolen, how are they going to know it's your car, right? But, but, but the question I'm having in my head is like, wait a minute, where's the law that says I ha- I must? Where's the law that says I have to register my car? I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. Okay, I need to ask some people some questions. Wait, wait, do I have- so where's the law that says I have to register my car? Where's the law that says I have to get a license plate? Wait, wait, where's the law that says I have to have a license to move my property from point A to point B. Jeremy, if I if I might, yes. Yeah. No, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting off on topic, but but anyways, but, uh, never mind. I, I, that's just where I'm. <clears throat> I'm sorry. We're getting off topic. Thank you for recognizing that. Did you have something to add there, Jeremiah? No, no, I don't have. Y- yeah, more more versus Madigan. From 1992, um, it's 789 F sup 1479. You can Google it. 789 F sup 1479. 789. Hey Jeremy, just type in 789 F sup 1479. It says a, a party claiming that an agency used inadequate fact-finding procedures has the burden of, of proof to demonstrate its inadequacy. That's huge. What was because, that key phrase type in, Jeremiah? Uh, 789, F period, S-U-P-P period, 
1479. Now, it's the Eighth Circuit. Again, it's, when we're dealing with precedents, all this can be used as is persuasive authority. That's it. It's just persuasive authority. It's not precedent, unless you're in that jurisdiction. Pittsburgh Indus? What's it? Is Pittsburgh Indus the name of the case? The case is Moore versus Madigan. Oh, Madigan. Madigan. Yeah, yeah Moore versus Madigan. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Let me do this. Yeah, Take it to my drive. Sense. Yeah. <sighs> Did it? So, or I pulled it up right here. Did you pull up Moore versus Madigan? How do you spell Madigan? M-A-D-I-G-A-N. Oh, but I'm. So, the point being is that (laughs) when we start to, the point is if if the people would organize and claim you know, basically create a fact-finding by jury, right? Um, in in a lot of ways, we could be we could be acting, we could be filling the role, right, that these administrative agencies are doing when they're giving what they call uh, adjudication or rulemaking proceedings. And both seem to affect individual rights and property. They overlap a bit, but they have different rulemaking has different functions. So read the Administrative Procedures Act or just do a checklist on it. You'll see that um, uh, these these agencies are making determinations in their judicial capacity, right? So this administrative agencies make and apply policy through and law through rulemaking and adjudicative procedure, right? Um, But we have previously recognized that it is sound policy to apply principles of issue preclusion to the fact-finding of administrative bodies acting in a judicial capacity. That is from the United States versus Utah Construction and Mining Company. There's so much... I'm te- the reason I'm giving these examples is to show you uh, that I literally care about what happens to these con- to, to to the journal society concept. I believe this is probably the most hard-hitting and powerful uh, position of standing for us to be making here uh, to reclaim local local governance. Okay. Uh, and get enforcement. Yeah, I just read, I just read that case, like like most like most of it. Um, you do realize it's about the Second Amendment and that using the Second Amendment as okay, that it gets into the word definitions. Okay, the right to bear arms. The right to bear arms is when I'm in my house and I have a shotgun. Someone breaks in, I shoot him, but they're they're comparing it to a weapon. A weapon 
is when you're doing attacking somebody and you don't have the right to bear a weapon, you have the right to bear an arm, and, and like they're going through this McDonald's versus City of Chicago, the court fully applied in the state, the 14th Amendment. But the 14th Amendment, like, I can care less about it because it wasn't written. But what I'm saying is that, that the, the wording is what's important. The right to bear arms is the right to protect yourself. If someone's attacking you, the right to protect yourself. But they're mentioning here that if you're attacking somebody, then you have to, you don't have the Second Amendment right. If you're attacking somebody with a weapon, that's why they call it a weapon. Like um, the courts use the words very wisely. They don't use arms. You you murdered somebody with an arm. No, they don't say that. You murder somebody with a weapon. Um, because a weapon is defined as, as something to attack somebody. But but a, a arm, right to bear arms, as in the Second Amendment, you have the right to bear arms to protect yourself. And I've been reading, yeah, I mean, reading, I'm reading this court case right now. Yeah, that's a bit off, so it's not still I on don't point. Know what your point is, but... That's 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 what I got so far, and and so I'm gonna hush up right now, and uh, maybe that helps. I don't know. I think Jeremy, you're getting entangled in metaphysical subtleties, um, in in adjudicating whether or not a person was um, um, a man was. Um, uh, lawfully bearing arms or bearing a weapon, um, a jury, a common law jury, is bound by conscience to decide whether or not he was acting lawfully or unlawfully without regard to what kind of words have been used. Okay? If he's committing an act of aggression, if he's the one causing the breach of the peace, then he's guilty of, of, of at least a trespass, a a a, a breach of the peace, um, but but if he's acting in defense, it don't matter whether you call it an arm or a weapon. He's got the right to use anything he wants in his defense, and that's from the common law angle, and the common law approves of that because it's lex non scripta, and common law is based on principles. Principles arriving at truth and justice. It's not concerned about technicalities of wording, which is the lawyer pitfall traps that come into us from the Roman civil jurisdiction. I agree. I was just going off the um, 2462 Harvard Law Review. Tax legislature added initial offense, aggravated unlawful use of a weapon, A-U-U-W, together these um, these laws represented one of the most stringent gun control regimes in the United States, Illinois. And I'm just going off like the bands. Like I'm just going off like uh, um, I'm, I'm say, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, and I totally agree with your what, what y'all say. I'm just going off like Nate. I'm, I'm trying to be like a lot of good patriots get caught up. In, in technicalities of wording, because we've been traumatized. We've, we, it's like MK Ultra mind control that's really trauma-based mind control. When the, the, the de facto slap you because um, um, you're using a weapon instead of bearing an arm, uh, um, 
uh, uh, then you get you get you get paranoid about the using words about admitting that you're using a weapon and and all kinds of other things uh, uh, words particularly that 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 because we use the word person and and uh, um, all of these words that that are generally ambiguous. They don't mean exclusively a corrupted de facto uh, corp, uh, legal fiction corporation. The, the, all of the definitions that I've seen of person also includes natural person. You can have a natural flesh and blood person within the definition of person. And this is why I go two different ways. When uh, Jeremiah here uh, uh, points out that, gee whiz, a county's not a person. Well, county can be, a, that word person can be used to re either reference a natural person, which has full rights, or it can be used to reference the legal fiction corporations uh, um, um, that, 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 that most modern statutes and codes uh, 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 recognize as being corrupted legal fiction corporations. And, and, and so we get, we get uh, uh, like trauma-based mind controlled and, and, and we become indoctrinated at that point, indoctrinated, we've, we've, we've become dogmatic in our thinking. We're, we're like lower-level animals. We're not thinking about principles and using logic and reason to decipher truth and justice. No, no, no. We're using reptilian think, linear thinking, dogmatic, uh, uh, pathological. You're going from point A to point B in a linear manner without thinking about the wider issues of what you're crossing and who you're messing up their lives. I, I'm just reading off the statute code, whatever, whatever website you can send Charles. me. I'm reading that off. Um, Jeremy, do you mind if I interrupt yes. the point of no, information? No. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Um, um, California Constitution merits development of its own scholarship. Dot dot dot. Under that analysis, a violation of the California Separation of Powers doctrine only occurs occurs only if an act by one branch materially impairs the core powers of or functions of another branch. Um, and that's that's actually from an article. Um, that I'm downloading now and and will uh, will share also. It's called California Constitutional Law Separation of Powers. This is a different article. I'm reading, I'm reading it right now. No, actually, it's the same one. Actually, so yeah, it's it's you guys. The article is is, is going to give you a lot of insight into um, to what is really going on uh, at the agency level, which is basically the same level as our common law journal societies will be operating at. Well, our, our common law jural societies will displace their um, jurisdiction over that particular social function. There you go. That's that. That is exactly the. It's not. You know. It's. It's right. It's what's right, Charles. It says. It says. Although the core powers analysis has been evolving and developing since the birth of the state in, in 1850, California courts have not articulated a standard for determining whether an act by one branch materially impairs the core powers of another branch. 
Right, and if there is no determination, then you can release. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.